What's your 20? This here's the podcast crew. We're hauling up at 901, about to hit the airwaves. Ready for cocktails? Cool. Characters. And the explosive. Relationships. You'll only find in cocktail. Well, rhythm. Your blenders. Four. An earful of cocktail. There's a place. The world's most popular cocktail podcast. That's where you want. Fans of cinema. Cocktails. Will find much alike. That is, if you're not some no good. Yuppie. Breaker, breaker, good buddy. Expect in-depth analysis, breaking news about the cast and crew, a little barman poetry, and we'll even have a few of Coglin's laws. Coglin's law: never show surprise, never lose your cool. Hello and welcome to an earful of cocktail. Hello, welcome to earful of cocktail. This we are we are standing up today. There's one chair in the studio, so I think the best solution is to stand up <laughs> today. To both so. stand in solidarity. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we'll have. Uh, it's hard to read my laptop from up here. Is this a bad idea? No, I think it's a okay idea. Uh, we'll adjust the stem. Hold on. I'm all Very bad start. Extremely good start. We are here. We are back. We are on the 16th five minutes of the movie cocktail. This is, uh, yeah, we've been on a Saturday show in a while uh, since uh, since uh, September because I uh, have been on schedule this, this quarter, so we're doing it on Monday night. Monday night. Monday night's normally, uh, if you were to tune in to KZSU, the radio station. We play Monday Night Football. That you don't know about if you listen to the podcast. Normally, yeah, it's normally big Monday Night Football night. Yeah, exactly. We pay a lot of money to license that. <laughs> it's Monday Night Football is available on... What, ESPN? ESPN. Used to be ABC, but ESPN's had yep. for like 15 years. And ESPN, ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio. And KZSU 90.1 FM. Yep. Our mm-hmm. budget's very small, but it's worth worth every penny we spent on that. Okay, is that, that you almost showed me your key line there. Yeah, would have been a mistake. Oh, <laughs> turns out when you lean on the space bar on the keyboard, the music stops. Nice. The stuff that doesn't normally come up when you're sitting down matters a lot when you're <laughs> when you're standing up. up you just have that temptation of you need to you need to lean on something yeah that's really and the and the space bar is right there so yeah. might as well uh okay we got lots to get through i don't know even what to get through because i can't see my laptop from up here <laughs> this is this is problematic i'm going to use this as like a tray okay a few more inches i or might, we could sit down i mean there's a chair here it's very tempting let me go get another chair you uh, entertain our guests okay Oh, and, oh, hold on. Hold on. Whoa. Another chair is being delivered. This is called DJ oh, wow. Solidarity. This is amazing. All right. Well, we're, we're not ready. Three, two, one, down. Oh, oh, so much better. Oh, wow. I'll never go back to standing again. This is this is uh, a dream. I recommend sitting. Ooh, wonderful. Okay, do stand, though, repeatedly throughout the day. Um, if yeah, you can. I'm, just don't stand, you know, like work. You should, you should, uh, you know. Stand at work. Stay at work. Half the time. Half the time. And when you do your evening podcast, don't. That's all yes, there is to it. Exactly. Evenings are for podcasting. Okay. Um, I'm all shook up. Uh, okay. So what do we got? So we we are here to analyze the 16th five minutes of the movie con- Cocktail. Wow, that was close. I almost said Convoy. You did. I was how, very how, close. Out of... Uh, and it's and and it's a nighttime show that 
actually most of our shows are nighttime shows, but it's dark outside because we're post daylight savings. That's new. Up until next year when they have year round daylight saving time. I can't and wait. And we'll finally have it'll be uh, ten o'clock, still bright out. Aren't we fortunate to have based our show in California? Yeah. Where where we can take advantage of all the wildfires. Of all <laughs> topical. Makes it, makes it makes it light out of, even at night. Okay. Uh, of um, the the late night sun, thanks to the wonderful lack of daylight savings time. Uh, Coming here's soon. our theme song. Okay, it's not good. Right, something's something's up with the CD player. I think it's our first correction. It's is, time for corrections. Correction number one is correcting the, the the errors in the sound. The audio coming out of CD player number one. Yeah. Fortunately, uh, we have two backup CD players here in the studio because we are professionals. Nice. Yes, but, but we will not be using either of them. Well, because we already keep up to one. Exactly. Um. Okay. So, uh, corrections. Uh, there's only one correction that comes to mind. I'm not even sure I made I don't this even, mistake. I don't even remember last episode, so how can I correct it? It was like a year ago. I think this is actually several episodes ago. Sure. I was referring to Elmore Leonard, uh, and I think I said the movie Get Shorty. Not Get Shorty. Uh, the movie uh, Jackie Brown was based on yeah. his book uh, Cuba Libre. It's actually based on his other book, Rum Punch, oh. which are both rum-based book sure, titles. Sure. So the fact I got them swapped is not the craziest thing in the world. Yeah. Uh, but uh, there you go. It's, I think, correction. Yeah, I'm not, not I'm, it's possible I did not even say that wrong, but correction. I think I might have. Yes. I think it's the craziest thing in the world. I think it is. I think so. Uh, by the way, okay, so into this, you're going to go into the MIDI right afterwards, right? In, I mean, I. why would I not have MIDI's prepped? I don't know why I wouldn't. Good. I don't, there's no reason for me not to have midis prepped. We have a minute left. I have this. midis we, prepped at all think, times. Should we do a, a key lime pie? Key lime pie during the intro? That would be highly unprecedented. But next is spoiler alert. We Let's lay out the whole show. Sure. Okay, we go. We do our intro. Because spoiler alert's next. We do our verbal intro. I think we should do this right now. The, okay, key lime pie. Three, two, one. Okay, we're fine. Ah, oh, no. <laughs> I, I, I dropped it, then I got it again. It well great. done. Okay, ready? Okay. Three, two, one. She you can trust me. You know better than to come to a bartender for advice. So that's good. That's meta for our show. Isn't that nice? Yeah. yeah. Okay, she can trust me, and you ought to know better than to come to a bartender for advice. Not a match. I like mine better. Well, I mean, I think it's funny because she shouldn't trust him. She should not trust him, but also he should not go to a bartender for advice, but it's funny because he's a bartender. Okay, nice. here we go. Sounds that so sounds good. so terrible. <laughs> I'm a huge fan of that. 
Oh, it's, it's a great transition. It means also we're getting, like, we're actually going to announce this in the, first, in the first 15 minutes of the show, which is incredible. We are getting to the analysis. Um, yeah, it's it's great. It, it keeps the show on pace. Yeah, keeps the show healthy, keeps the show full of vibrant uh, material. Uh, but uh, first off, we need to uh, lasso, we need to corral all these uh, uh, spoilers that are that have been let out. Uh, and, who, and, and who let the... Oh, no, we're talking... We, later, we will answer the question, who let the spoilers out? Well, I think out. first, let's deal with the spoilers. Okay, deal let's, with the spoilers let's first. Let's the blame game now. Sure, spoilers first, blame game later. Also, should these lights be on? Speaking of blame game. I kind of like the... It's dark in the studio. Because it's dark outside. It's dark outside. There's a lot of red and green going on, which makes me think it's the holiday season. Yeah, it's got like a bunch of artificial lights. Have you seen a bar? I, I've got three red lights on each side you here. You see our reflections here, lots. so I don't we need to... We can look like, at ourselves yeah, in the great. glass. Making if you were here in the studio with us, which you are, in spirit. Yeah, in spirit. And you're here, physically. Yeah, but there's a lot of spirits all around us. Yes. Ooh, spooky. Uh, and a little post-Halloween um, spookiness. Wow, my headphones work about half the time. That's um, pretty good, right? It's I good, think it's good probably, if I'll, I'll stop. Yeah, maybe stop kneeing the, the, the aux cable. cable. It's very yeah, fun, though. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I don't blame you. Okay. Um, we are here, and we are going to talk about spoilers. Uh, here we, is what happens yes. in these five minutes. Yes. According to the man we paid to write a plot summary, best money I think we it was good money. Yeah, it was it was what sixty five dollars, and he did he did it. <laughs> he did it great. And it's not like there's a substitute good for this. If you don't have this, like what's the next best thing? Like literally three sentences at the top of IMDb. Yeah, like, terrible. There's no good long summary. We have the best long summary and of after cocktail. After we're done, we're gonna we'll open publish sources. it. But do we own it? Yeah, do we I own think, the rights to it? I think so. I don't know that. I mean, I'm. I would assume we do. I don't think do. he has the rights. I mean, what we're doing right now, reading on air, is yeah. probably violating his rights if we didn't have the rights to do stuff with it. No, because we're quoting it. That's true. Fair use. Yeah, yeah. It's fair. <laughs> if you read a book just a paragraph at a time, yeah, it's fair use. That's true. Yeah. Okay, so in this five minutes, these are also very short at this point. In confusion, Flanagan heads back to his uncle Pat's place in need of advice. He discloses to his uncle that he was going to be a father and he cared about the mother of his child. This was a problem in the view of his Uncle Pat. Flanagan goes to Jordan's place in order to seek her forgiveness. Wait, he cared about... It's such a weird extrapolation. He cared about the mother of his child? He yeah. was a father and he cared about... I mean, he could have just said he cares about Jordan, right? Well, sometimes but, he's good at synthesizing what people are talking about in the referent. Yeah. Uh, here's a case in which he does not and it seems like if you're just kind it's of, as if he's watching scene, this scene in like, isolation w- w- which mother of the child are they talking about I'm yeah not, i'm not sure it sounds maybe, like, maybe our plot summarizer did not fully understand this film or maybe, maybe he's just he, looking for extra words here or maybe he saved money by taking every scene and then found someone else he paid a few bucks hey yeah, could you transcribe split this the scene? movie up and outsourced it yeah. wow so he subcontractors yeah, exactly yeah the oldest game in the book Yes, subcontracting. <laughs> Absolutely. The oldest profession. <laughs> the oldest profession. <laughs> what they always say. Mm-hmm. Uh, sink. Uh, that was it? That's it. That's that's all the spoilers for this five minutes? I mean, granted. I, I mean, mean, the next line is yeah. something that doesn't happen. Jordan walks into an argument between Flanagan and her father, uh-huh. which that partly happens in the scene. That, not, but Jordan doesn't not, walk in. Not really. Scene. No. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're arguing. Yeah. But Jordan didn't walk in on it. Okay, sure. Um, all right. Oh, then that's so, okay. We are, that has been, spoiler alert. Who let the spoilers oh, who out? Who spoilers out? And who let the spoilers out? I think you did. I think we did.
Okay, let's just go. Oh, this part. I love this part of the show. <laughs> okay, we're back. Um, yes. Okay, uh, yeah. Wait, this is the sink? I think it's the sink. Are okay, we, the sink? we are just, man, we, I, I've consumed a lot of coffee. I've consumed more coffee. I okay, think. and we are ready. Have you I'm seen? Worried, I mean, I've never been a you? coffee guy, but where I'm getting addicted now. Oh, that could be bad. Yeah, I mean, I, I. Here's the thing: I either drink zero cups or two cups. Mm. Like it, it's, it seems never wrong one to, cup. If I drink one cup, I'm gonna drink a second cup. Okay, go for the go for that high. I don't know. It just seems weird. You can't stop at one. Uh, is question? Yeah. Have you seen the movie George of the Jungle? No. Ah, I know. You, I know of it. Yeah. Do you know of the was, coffee scene in that movie? Well, I didn't see the movie, but of course everyone knows the coffee. The scene. famous George of the Jungle coffee scene. Okay, let me guess what's happening. Yes. In the scene. What happens? And explain I'm, the coffee scene. I'm guessing that George. So he's in the he's a jungle, of the jungle. He's a jungle man. Yes. He, he has a gorilla who's like this erudite. He's played by John Cleese. Yeah. And there's a oh, that's John Cleese. Yeah, that? I believe so. <gasps> um, Is he in the suit or just? Just the voice. I'm guessing it's not worth John Cleese's time to be in the suit. <laughs> I'm guessing a different person was in the I suit. I mean, if you hire John Cleese, I think you put him in the suit. I think you get a you get a discount rate. Sure, it? sure. Um, okay, so there I, is a great the the finale. Okay, I'm guessing is, what happened is John Cleese playing the drums. Well, Gorilla playing the drums. Every movie's in that's the finale. Yeah. Uh, my okay. guess is that in the jungle, it's mm-hmm. like there's a jungle Starbucks. And he shows up. This was George's Jungle was pre Starbucks. No, that's like mid nineties was like that's when everyone was making bad stand up bits about Starbucks. No, 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 no. that's not true. That's not true at all. He's in his hut and he swings around. Uh, Look at Starbucks overload. I I searched for Starbucks trajectory. (laughs) Starbucks is facing some headwinds in the U.S. That was in 2017. They're fine now. Um, Starbucks star- <laughs> trajectory. Starbucks tra- it's fine. Okay, Starbucks growth. Oh, look up images. No, I just look up Starbucks growth. Here we go. Sure. Okay. Well, that only goes back to 2006. Um, here we go. Okay, look, look, look. 94, they had like zero stores. No. 95, they had like zero stores. 96, like zero stores. 97, zero stores. 98, zero stores. 99, like uh, like uh, three thousand stores. <laughs> no, but here's the, they were saturating Seattle, and then the rest of the country was getting ready to be saturated. So everyone was talking about it. Saying, I see. I see. It's kind of like grunge. No, look, look like at, in 1992. Okay, the crazy Starbucks growth did not happen until like 2004. In 1992, yeah, like Seattle three, was all about grunge. There were three grunge bands. Yeah, and then by like 2004, there was like three thousand grunge bands. Sure. And but everyone knew it was already grunge saturation. What's, in the, early what's 90s. the new trend that's in Seattle that's going to soon take over the world? I think it's like a, it's a mixture of like uh, well, what's what's the eight bit? I uh, think it's affordable housing. Oh, I was arguing with people in Portland today about affordable housing. That's mm. that's the new uh, that's the mm. new central thing. You took I, a trip over to Portland just to do that uh, on the internet. Uh. I will say uh, the big difference. Oh, this is their market cap, not number of stores. I'm not interested in that. Yeah, you want number of stores. Number of stores. Number of stores. Here we go. Store count. Yeah, this is the graph we're looking for. Which is to say, wow. So Starbucks really leveled off. Like 2008, Starbucks reached full global saturation. This is just no more, no more places to put Starbucks after 2008. Well, when did the first person make the bad stand-up bit where they were at a Starbucks and across the street was a Starbucks? You know, the, uh, Jerry Seinfeld, uh, like 92. No, 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 like 2000. 
No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, Jerry Seinfeld. It was also Starbucks. a joke and best in show, I think. Yeah, it, was, she, it might not have been Jerry Seinfeld. about that joke. No, it wasn't Jerry. It wasn't. It was. Um, <laughs> okay, but we already. Okay, we, I think it was it. Lewis Black. <sighs> let's let's give up on this. Lewis Black Starbucks. Yeah, the end of the universe. Lewis Black, the end of the universe. That was the Starbucks thing. But it was already yeah. a bit. That was no, but that was like 2014. Well, that yes, someone it was edited a bit together in the late nineties. It was the end of the universe. It was on the end of the universe. Great, and that was a two thousand two album. So Lewis Black two thousand two. It was already big. Before it that. was not Lewis Black two thousand two. That it was, was the... a, it was a line in Best in Show, and that was two thousand. And I think it was oh. already done by then. Mm. I think Lewis Black just watched movies and takes things out. Quick pop quiz, pop quiz. Two bands. Yes. Two well, two two album producing entities. Yes. Both created albums by the same name. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> um, one was Lewis Black, and the other was the Beatles. Name the album. It was the end of the universe. No. And there's uh, no there's no Beatles album in the end of the universe. I think there is. Okay. Well, I'll have to disagree. Okay. Uh, I will say uh, the end of the universe by the Beatles, and I think Lewis Black is an album called The End of the Universe. The latter is true. I don't think the former is true. I I don't know. I disagree. Okay. I think it's where across the universe on the album. Uh, you ready? Let's 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 wrap this. Up. Revolver. Great. Both had albums named Revolver. Why? I don't even understand why that's funny for Louis Black. To name his album Revolver. Yeah. It's if he's like a gun nut, it makes sense. It's, um, and it's not even LP. The title is a reference to the album Revolver by the Beatles. This was done to acknowledge the fact that these were outtakes and different edits from the Sessions of Black's earlier release. Why is, hmm. why, why, why is that a reference? A limited 10-inch vinyl edition of 500 was released on yellow and red sunburst vinyl. Well, the mean, vinyl includes a 3-inch CD version of the same material. Notably, the vinyl is mastered with inverted grooves, so it plays from the label to the outer, well, outer edge. Standard vinyl records play from the outer edge towards the label. Let's wrap this up. Uh, the entire EP eventually became a hidden track on the White Album. Wow, he's really big on naming his stuff after Beatles. So you, you had this trivia album, and it was actually two different answers are right. And you're, <laughs> two you're, different answers and, were right. And you were unaware of one of them. I was, I was. The let's, White Album. Let's Look, wrap my, this maybe, up. Maybe that shouldn't be a trivia question. Well, it's, I think it shouldn't. Have. Yes, let's go back to Starbucks growth. You, you're right. You are aware of uh, why Revolver by the Beatles is, is a joke, why it's a pun. Um, because the album revolves. Well, mine didn't. You you own it on vinyl. Do I? I think so. Hmm. I'm, ple- I'm pretty sure you do. Well, that one might. My original yeah. copy was um was on uh, MP3. Okay, let's wrap this up. I had to go back bit back by bit. to the okay, Starbucks what, what growth. Is hot? Okay, so okay, nineteen. 19- no, no, first off, yeah, you're wrong saying that affordable housing is hot. What's yeah. what's hot is quality housing. What is hot is coffee. Quality housing. Starbucks coffee, delicious, Qu- quality hot housing. Starbucks coffee. Okay, I can't so, get enough of it. So I think George shows up in this in the Starbucks. And it's like a jungle is Starbucks. That, is this a Seinfeld plot? And no. The George, oh, oh the jungle. George of the Jungle. Right. Okay. Sorry. I thought we. Were, look, I'm still. All right. Back. And, and, back to George of the Jungle. And there's a. There's, George shows up and, in a Starbucks. And there's okay. like an orangutan barista, mm. uh, and serves some coffee. But instead of coffee, it's like it's like jungle jungle mud. jungle mud. Jungle and there's mud. like bumblebees inside, and it stings him in his face, mm. and then his face swells up. Is that what happens? That is not what happens. Uh, sounds like a good scene, though, right? Um, yeah. What happens is he discovers in the his love interest apartment. Uh, I think he gets left there during interest? the day. the The San Francisco uh, woman. Who, who, who's the actress? She, thinking, like, she not, is famous. Mini Driver was in Tarzan. Yeah, it's George not Mini Driver. Of she, the Jungle. She, Baby Driver. Mini Driver. 
Uh, oh, since last uh, news, since the last episode, I've seen the movie Baby Driver like four times. Great. Good, yeah. Good job. Okay. Um, George of the Jungle. We have director Sam Wiseman. 97. George of the Jungle was 97. That was that you, was you definitely pre-Starbucks jokes. No, I don't think so. Yes. Okay. Brendan Fraser, Thomas Hayden Church, Leslie Mann. Leslie, oh, Leslie Mann? Mann yeah. Ursula Stanhope. Oh, what a name. Leslie John Mann Cleese the, played Ape. Leslie Mann was the main person in George of the Jungle? An ape named Ape. She wasn't really, um, like, I feel like, huge until Judge Apatow made her part Leslie of his standard core. Well, now, she's married to him. Okay. So, Leslie Mann... Her, she has a she has a briefcase and George opens it up. No, 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 no. She leaves him home in her apartment, just right? like in San Francisco, just like in Cocktail. That and, is actually literally what happens. Yes, and what he does is he goes through the cupboards for some reason. So George's Jungle, it doesn't put it like it's a fish out of water story. Oh well, eventually, yeah. Okay, that's disappointing. Starts in the jungle, ends in this. No, starts in the jungle city. It's classic story, right? Yeah. Uh. Boy is in jungle. Yeah. Boy goes to city. Yeah. Boy back in jungle. Jungle to jungle. Jungle to jungle. Uh, so uh, he's in her apartment, left at home. <laughs> what was jungle to jungle? You know the movie? You know, yeah, I, I've, I've seen the movie Jungle to Jungle. <laughs> Who was in that? Was that Jonathan was, uh, Taylor Thomas thing? Or? I was going to say Tim Allen. Oh, yeah. It was, it was, it was Tim Allen? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah okay. I remember him walking across hot coals. There's like a test where he has to walk across hot coals. Sure. That's all I remember from that movie. Uh, okay, so George is left in in Leslie Mann's apartment. Yeah. He finds a, a jar. Oh no, he's watching TV, and there's an ad for Folgers Coffee. Sure. A San Francisco institution. Yeah, the San Francisco treat. Yes, the San Francisco treat. He and then he goes, I need coffee, and he goes and he goes through the the cupboards, finds some coffee, consumes the raw, just the coffee grounds. Wait, or, was you know, he the, under the belief that if you see it on TV, it must be in the media vicinity? Like apparently. Kind of like yeah. you're in a hotel, and the hotel TV is supposed to guide you. I don't you think it was it. super well thought through. We might need to do that movie next. Let's, um, but let's do a rewrite. Let's get, sure, yeah. Let's do um, some punch-up work. And so he like consumes this can of coffee grounds, and then goes, Java, 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 Java. Uh, and then he goes and swings from the Golden Gate Bridge. Why did you start talking about this? I don't remember. Oh, we're talking coffee. about coffee. Yeah, Great. yeah. Now classic let's do coffee scene. I wanted, I wanted the, to do the sink in the first 15 minutes. And we well, you, eight you, minutes you can't always get <laughs> what you want. That's now the Donald Trump song, you know. Is it really? What? He ends every rally with that now. It's, which isn't is really, it ironic? It's <laughs> just really funny to turn C-SPAN and like, you know, it's just, it's uh, mm. to watch these weird rallies. It's, it happens all the time. Are the Stones on board? For that, uh, yeah, they, they're big Trumpies. Ah, makes sense. It does. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. We are going to do the sync. So here's what you're going to do. You're going to go home. Uh, you're going to pull up your 16th, 16th. Is that checkout? 16th checkout. 16th checkout of of cocktail. 16th five minutes of cocktail. Load it up. Lock it. Loop it. Get ready. We're going to play it at the same oh, here's, time. Here's one thing I need to remind you. Mm -hmm. uh, if you, like me, are having issues when you start playing audio and your computer isn't outputting audio, mm. uh, it probably is what happened, what I'm happening, which is... Are you happening? Uh, well, there's a demon that runs... Because of a demon, a, a demon, like like spooky, like an automated uh, software program. Are demons spooky? No. Is that like, or is it more of like demons they're, are just they're ghoulish. They're mm, no ghouls are spooky. That ghouls are spooky. Demons are more like um, spooks are spooky. 
demons are they're kind i mean they're for sinners so they deserve everything they sure get. but like you don't you don't like demons aren't part of like the halloween ethos no they're they're like part of the catholic church ethos Is, do they have a holiday yeah uh what's it called all demons day ah okay yeah the classic uh, catholic holiday yeah uh, they don't have any others nope nope um but okay as i'm saying here mm. uh so I installed, as many have, a very popular piece of software, Timidity. It's a MIDI playing software. Sure. So if you want to play your MIDI files, it's mm. good to install it. But for whatever reason, now when you start up your computer, if you're like me, Timidity, the demon, is actually stopping audio from playing. So I have to kill the Timidity demon. <laughs> kill the Timidity demon. To play audio. Which mm. I'll say this, I shouldn't have to choose whether to listen to audio or to play midis, you know, and this mm. is just, it's its such a, an indictment of today's culture that people can't just play midis anymore, mm. you know? I think you're in a special situation there. I think a lot of people I, are. I just, on my computer, I open them and they play. I think a lot of people were complaining about, like, earlier this year, the Snapchat redesign, mm. and I think the second biggest complaint this year is timidity. Is timidity. Timidity's use of demons. Yeah, timidity demons yeah. stopping <laughs> output audio. The on, timidity demon sounds like a Dark Souls boss. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. You ready to play? I am ready to sync. So we are going to sync. Three, two, one. Three, two, one. Go. Play Just it up. Make it happen. I know you're upset, but if this is okay. the way it's going to be, we, why don't you, you know what? tell me we about don't need that? We don't need that music anymore. Because I knew it would be the best way to get you out okay. of my I'm now here watching we, the movie Cocktail. Yes, we'll watch it together. Won't we? So you hear right now? Run for the shelter, slow mode playing in the background. It's not the not the last time we'll hear it in this five minutes. It's amazing how frequently that pops in. Well, and you remember that they fired Maurice Jarre and brought in a new composer. Yeah, who just who just looped Run for the Shelter. <laughs> it's just got like a, a cocktail bar. Of... They just noodle around on it. It's like okay, got your soundtrack. Sure, um, sure. Hey. Um, so should we talk about what scenes? Let's talk about what we have in this episode. There's three basic scenes. There's always three. Yeah, it takes three. Mm -hmm. hey, kid. Three basic scenes, some sub scenes. Yep. Uh, three basic scenes are uh, at Jordan's loft. We'll make it fast. At Jordan's loft. At Pat's at Pat's tavern. Pat's tavern. Uh, a small scene back in the hallway. At, yeah, Jordan's loft. Jordan's loft. Yeah. So it's J L P T J L. Yeah. Did you see the loft? The movie The Loft. No. It, it that looks like a good movie. Is it a new movie? It came out like a year ago. I see. It was just great because it's this trailer about all these it's about all these bros who mm. uh, they have a loft and mm. then they uh, a woman dies at their loft and they need to like keep it secret because they need to protect the loft. Is that the that's the plot of cocktail? Uh, but at the like it's just great because like you watch this trailer and you say like if this movie's called the loft it's perfect and mm. then at the end the big twist is the movie's called the loft it's fantastic. Then you got okay so then back at the loft then uh, you have. Uh, uh, at the penthouse. Yep. Uh, PH. There's down in the lobby, up at the penthouse, you mm. know, and then back at the lobby for a brief second. Mm. So those are, to be explicit, four different locations, a total of like six scenes, if you include the penthouse, is three different scenes. Mm. What do we do about this? Um, is it three? Is it four? Three. Is it it's six? three. There's three. Well, what do you there's do with the hallway major scene? ones? There's four. There's, there's four. four. There's four scenes. It okay, four. four. Yeah. Yeah. All right. First of all, we need to follow up on last episode. You will remember. We're always following up on the last episode, right? Yes. Uh, typically, uh, you will remember last time we ended on a cliffhanger. 
because Jordan lunged toward Flanagan yeah. at the end of last episode, and we said, is that is is that a hug? Yeah. Is she about to engage him in a hug? Does she have a secret weapon? Does, is she going to knife him? Um, it's Or yeah. is she going to push him? I mean, the uh, the classic name for the knife is the painter's friend because painters can use it to, like, paint. Oh, it. the palette knife. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's does she have a palette knife in her hand? I think it's safe to assume she does. Lunges toward Flanagan, palette knife up into his gut. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's not the... F- <laughs> Not the first time? Not the first time yeah, I mean, Brian Flanagan gets stabbed in this movie. If you're a bartender, yeah. you get stabbed a lot. Um, okay. Weird chair symmetry here. Uh, but let's continue. Okay. Uh, yeah, so yeah. will he survive? Will he survive? Or, I mean, it's possible. It, there, we don't. We couldn't fully read into it last episode. It could have been. Will he survive emotionally? Never. Never. It could have been an embrace. It could have been she was ready to make up with him. Yeah, I mean, or she was trying to squeeze him so close to kind of... Oh, the crush, trap hug. To crush the baby. Get him, get him... Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, you know? yeah, the, yeah the, the abortive hug. The, the old bear hug. Yeah. Uh, so she um, lunges toward him. We get resolution this episode. I feel we always get resolution. Yes. Uh, she's pushing him away. She is pushing him away. She's pushing away. Emotionally... Yeah, physically, yeah, mentally, and ver- verbally, financially. She she says with her words, verbally, she says, "Get out, get out." Yes, I wrote two things: cliffhanger, cliffhanger ends in push. Cliffhanger hangs. Cliffhanger hang. Cliffhanger hangs in push, and then uh, movie is getting slow. <laughs> I mean, as we see in the spoiler alert, not a lot happens here. Not a lot happens. And let's be very clear: unlike Convoy, the movie Convoy we did. The movie ratchets up and then reaches the fact more and more and more. It's it's reaching a place. This movie just peters out kind of slowly. Yes. I mean, there's not a whole lot we need in the last part. It's worth saying that this entire part of the movie, not in the source material. Sure. I believe that. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Okay. Uh, Can't wait. So, so as far as what is, what is gushing out of the Haywood Gould... You know what the, is the Gould gusher? The Gould gusher. Yeah. Like I mean, he's got so much soul coming out, and that's most of the movie up to this point. And this point is kind of okay. Let's make it tidy for Eisner and the gang. You know. Sure. So I and, think and G Dub. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just you got to make sure W loves it. So at the table, <laughs> Gould comes back has to show him the script, and the script it probably you know it probably was getting more and more exciting. It was authentic stuff, and then gritty it, yeah. New York. Lifestyle, but then Eisner and W and Cheney were saying, you know, no, it's like no, we don't like it, yep. and he has to he has to just do this. W- was Cheney also involved? I imagine. Okay, in some way, yeah, yeah. always. Um, so okay, four scenes. What what order do we take them in? I think we go in chronological order. I like that. Let's do that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um. Okay. Um. So we start with Jordan's loft. Uh, which, by the way, I'm I'm noticing. This is a pretty big, cool loft. She's got a very cool loft. Now, very unsafe stairs. Uh, you notice the stairs? Well, the stairs go up. And very unsafe. No railing. Uh, no railing. You notice also there's, like, if you look down, there's all these other rooms that are, like, a level below. Mm. So, like, she's got, like... She's in a mega loft. <laughs> she's in a <laughs> mega loft. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, Flanagan should have known. <laughs> yeah. 
I what was, is this? A starving artist in a mega loft. <laughs> that is funny. Uh, yeah, because that's the key. It's like the loft is considered like normal starving artist thing, but I mean, in the in the when the movie came in the late eighties, but it takes place earlier. I'm gonna search for mega loft now. <laughs> uh, there's a restaurant called Mega Loft in Spain. Cool, get a reservation. In oh, in Morocco. Wow. Get one for each. If you want to go to Mega Loft in Morocco, I do. Uh, that's wow. That's all the results. This must be a very popular restaurant. Uh, no, I want I want it all one word. I don't want it with a space. Nope, that still gives me the restaurant. Wow. That. Wow. Okay. <laughs> that's. I mean, you search for Mega Loft, you only get results from this restaurant. Yeah. Um. So, but in any case, like this. Oh, lo- there goes my headphones. <laughs> this loft. Are you working now? Yes. Good. Yes. Good. Yeah. I mean, if you want to, if you want to just not knee, I will the, do whatever I want. The junction box. Okay. This, uh, I mean, the loft is, it's sprawling and I'll, I, I do not really understand. Watch it when it happens. There's like this step ladder. Yeah. And the blue ladder, you see the level below it. It looks almost like you just fall through a wall and drop down a low layer below. It's mm. very, very weird. Uh, I noticed also, uh, she has a lot of CDs. Especially you considering that's that's a high end appliance. She's just got run for the shelter covers for days. <laughs> I'm just saying, like she is living like the American psycho mid eighties life. Oh. Yeah. I mean, she's even before you know with the penthouse, mm. she's doing pretty well for herself. Um Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean her it's a you know, it's a funky loft. It's a funky mega loft. Do you think a d- And it's clear I mean, look at the hallway. The hallway is pretty dingy. I mean that's that's part of the authenticity though. Sure. Yeah. Do you think if she was a Jerry's Deli waitress, end of sentence, she could have afforded this loft? In the eighties? Yeah. Absolutely. Do you think she wore a CD player? In the eighties? Yeah. Never. <laughs> I In the eighties, housing very cheap. Yeah. C D players? Very expensive. But as we learn now, you can't live inside a CD player. That that not, turned out to be true. Not yet. Not yet. They're working on it. Yeah. Oh, that'd be great. Mm-hmm. That's um, well. That's the plot of Tron. Oh man, that yeah. is that is true. That mm-hmm. is absolutely true. Race the beam. Race the beam. <laughs> you know, I don't know what really happened between the two of you, but. Uh... Okay. Yeah. I must say, Hi. I think got- uh, oh, all right. So we so we have so Megaloft scene. Anything else? I mean, there isn't much left in this scene in in the Megaloft scene. I think that's it. I just wrote unsafe stairs. Well, she says. I mean, there's a there's a there's a big there's a big uh, thing saying. Why did you tell me about the kid? That was last episode. That was last episode. No, but he says in this episode, why did you tell me about the kid? And she says it's the best way to know to make you leave. Oh, I, I get see. The, I get the actual okay. line. Uh, but in a lot of cases, like it's the best way to get you out of my life. Sure. Which is turns out to be untrue. I mean, I would say if anything, it draws him more into her life. It offers a very strong reason that she can't easily cut him out of her life. Yes. Because without it, he's just a weird, awful person who's a creep. <laughs> and now it's the fact that she has a baby. Well. And she is going to keep it because this is a mainstream movie in the 80s mm. and there is like abortion is not on the oh, table here, here's this conversation sure. Said, but if this is the way it's going to be why'd you even tell me about the baby because I knew it would be the best way to get you out of my life and then he goes um, yeah you're right there is a lower loft area there yeah it's, it's a mega loft it's, it's a mega loft weird what a loft it's an amazing loft um, what a loft do you think this is in Toronto um, why in Toronto 
Yeah, it's a it's a Toronto loft. Yeah. Um, so no, I think I think she thinks. Well, part of this is, I mean, it's just drama, drama, drama. But like she thinks, well, like soap operas, babies and pregnancies it, yes. offer complications. Yes, it's a, it's a soap opera thing. Yes, but she is. Uh, I think she thinks he's going to get spooked, right? And he's going to run away from the situation. That's what she's betting on. Let's go back to a second. Look yeah. at his question. Why did you tell me about the baby? It's the best way to get you to go away. Which that's the thing you say. That's that is, if anything, a challenge. But in other words, like, Mm. okay, so he he was very hostile in in hanging out and not leaving near her place of work. Mm. And then she agrees to take him back to her place. Mm. And then they talk for a while. And then he asks the end, like, why'd you even tell me about it? So does he think what she should have done is take him back to her place? They talk about what he did to go wrong. And that she should just not tell him about it and just say leave forever, and that's going to perfect. I mean, and the I'd movie say, ends. I mean, you could say it's completely her prerogative to do that. She doesn't do it. Do you think she's a higher chance if she just did say, "Hey, get out of here," and then she secretly has a baby, yeah, or gets rid of the baby? Is that going to work better or worse? I think secretly, she wants to keep him. She likes him. <laughs> She likes him, and she can't admit it. It is if he was not creepy enough to go to her place of work, yeah. Jerry's Deli, yeah, home of the cement Danish, mm-hmm. uh, concrete Danish, excuse me, cement. The cement, okay, yeah. it's it's so hard to keep track. Of I've been, I look, I've been to Jerry's. Well, okay, good point. Yeah. Um, what would I mean? She would not have done the effort to track him down. She would not. Is is that the game here? The game is seeing how hard he'll work to make this happen. Yes. Yeah, that's the game. That's that is game. That, that is kind of the game in the movie at this yep. point. And that's what that's what goes on in the first scene. Okay, first yeah. scene done. First scene done. Second scene start. Pat's bar on TV. Madison Square Garden. The game Syracuse versus St. John's. <laughs> Halftime stats. Field goals. Syracuse seventeen to twenty nine. Or 17 of 29. Yeah. 59%. Is that checkout? 17 over 29. That's 58.6%. That's that's close. Cool. That's close. That rounds up. St. John's, 10 for 27 or 37%. Is that checkout? That does. 37.04. So that checks out. Nice. So so that's So if you want to know who's better at field goals, it's Syracuse. No kidding. I mean, this was. But a, wait, wait, hold on. This was before the three point was brought to college basketball, right? Or field goals. Oh, so yeah, it's basketball. So wait, a field goal is a. That's any shot is considered a field goal. Any shot? Let me look. I'm looking up. Field. No, no. Th- field basketball. goal basketball. Basketball got three points in the early eighties. Well, uh, field goal basketball. In basketball, when a you, field when goal you kick into the hoop. is a basket scored on any shot or tap other than a free throw, worth well, two okay. or three points, depending on the distance of the attempt from the basket. Uncommonly, a field goal can be worth other values, Whoa. such as one point in FIBA 3x3 basketball competitions. FIBA, F-I-B-A. Okay, let's, 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 let's wrap this Should we look down. up what FIBA means? We should. Very the, quickly. <laughs> the International Basketball Federation, more commonly known as FIBA, FIBA World, or FIBA International. What? From its French name, Federation Internationale de Basketball. They added three points to make it more. Why exciting. is it a French name? Is basketball a French French game? It's from Canada. Oh, French Canadian. Just like the movie Cocktail, filmed all in, in Canada. 
the secretary general slot for FIBA when do you, when do you get more is vacant. <laughs> so oh, if you're looking, your if you're yeah, if you're looking for a fun job, be the secretary general of sure. FIBA. Okay, so let's talk. Two hundred and thirteen national federations in FIBA. That's a lot. That's, That's about like what most countries. If you ask me, how many federations are there in FIBA? Most countries. Guess, guess about two and three. Guess who holds the NBA record for field goals made in a career? I would guess Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. That's correct. Uh, okay. Guess who holds the top four spots for most field goals made in a season and has the top two field goal percentages for a season? Guess Wilt Chamberlain? Wilt Chamberlain. Are you reading off my screen? No, I'm not. Really? I, I Well done. Yeah. Uh, who is one of the greatest field goal shooters of all time? Uh, I don't understand. Ian, oh, uh, who led the NBA in field goals made ten times? Ten times? Is it not of the two names I said? Before? Michael Jordan. Okay. And I've then who has guy. the record for most seasons with the best field goal percentage? Um, Shaquille O'Neal. Oh, that makes and sense. And who has the record for the highest career field goal percentage? Fifty nine point nine percent. Is it another center? I'm going to guess. Uh, I don't know. Artis Gilmore. I don't know the person. And then who should we look into artists? No. Let's, okay. Please get <laughs> back to the show. Who has one of the greatest all-around shooters in the history of the NBA, holding the record for 50, 40, 90 seasons? Bob Cousy. Steve Nash. Okay, let's please. We only have an hour and 18 minutes. We've, one type of field goal is called a slam dunk. No, it is not. <laughs> get, get rid of this. Okay. All right. We now know what a field goal is, so we can return to um, the game. Madison Square Garden, Syracuse, St. John's. See, what are your beers and tap right here? Yeah, I have Molson uh, Golden. Yeah, is it, they still yeah. make Molson Golden. Also, this does this imply takes place in Canada, this scene? <laughs> it, it, is this, this all makes sense now. Well, they do put a New York Islanders pennant yeah. behind the bar to make it clear that it's in New York. But they couldn't but, easily get a tap. It's like, oh, yeah, we have the sports stuff. Slap it up. It's like Molson Golden. I mean, it's a Canadian thing is still exotic, and I'm sure a lot of New York bars would have Canadian beer. But I think this might imply this was shot in Canada. Well, um, so the Islanders thing made me think it's a hockey bar, right? You got Molson. You don't have to choose. You got an Islanders pennant. <laughs> That's very good point. Uh, yeah. I mean, did you think they were thinking that when they put the Islanders thing there? It was like, oh, we'll make the Molson make sense by slapping an Islanders thing on this? It's a Long Island institution. It makes you feel like you're on the sticks. Oh, that's what Islanders is for, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, they, the couldn't, they couldn't have used the well, no, not the Rangers, but they couldn't have used like, um, like, uh, like the Brooklyn Dodgers. Excellent, po- excellent point. Um, if you want to the, show the, what's the, happening, you know, in Long Island, yeah, show a team that left in 1958. The, uh, the Mets. Uh, the Mets are in Where Queens. Are they? Queens. Wow. Every every um uh, borough. Bur- I was gonna say bureau, and then I was like, no, that's not correct. The bureau of boroughs. Yeah. Every borough has its own, except for um, Staten Island. Uh, <laughs> Staten Island has nothing. Staten Island has no teams. Yeah. Ellis Island, though. Ellis Island. Am- uh, America. Yeah. Okay. So um, the Americans. Let's, the Ellis Island Americans. Let's talk about what happens here. I want to make a minor league baseball team now. The Ellis Island Americans. Uh, let's talk about what happens okay. here. Uh, let's let's talk. Which let's, let's talk with Catherine. Talk, let's just talk. Uh, okay, so he is in distress. He like he is in a general fact without this. He half- being who? Uncle Pat. Uh, um, I, talk- I I would say not Uncle Pat, but maybe Eddie. Brian, Brian Flanagan. Played Eddie by Tom is Cruise. in distress. Distress. <laughs> I think we we're, we are too caffeinated. Let's let's get let's, let's talk let's about the show. Get, let's bring it down. Let's bring it down a notch. Bring it down a notch. Let's bring it down a notch. Very chill. We're, we're getting back into ASMR mode. Uh, let's talk about what's ASMR. happening with Brian Flanagan. 
Brian. Doing I'd like to analyze this episode. Mm. So, okay. Brian Flanagan, let's talk about what's happened to him recently. He has, within the last two weeks, uh, I, how long was he staying at Bonnie's place? I think, um, I think now, in the book, it's something more in the, on order enough of... Enough for him to get like, tired of it. It's a month or two in the book. Yeah. I think in the movie, you might... Weeks. I'd say weeks. Years. Yeah. But he gives up pretty soon. So yeah. So he, he makes it back from Jamaica... Uh, Mon. He, Mon. He tries to at least try to, like, you know, get some good cash out of playing this whole Bonnie Gigolo thing. Mm. Doesn't, can't put up with it. And also probably doesn't get cash. Yeah. Maybe like 20 bucks. Gives up. No, I don't think he came out much ahead. Gives up on it. Stocks the woman he terrorized. He got free carrot juice. <laughs> he, uh, he got, or carrot juice? What carrot was it? Juice, carrot yeah. juice, yeah. He got lots of free carrot juice. And the wheat germ. Yeah. Uh... And then he stalks the woman he terrorized down in Jamaica. Mm. On, uh, he gets food dumped on him, mm. and uh, he finds out uh, free free chicken a la king. Yep, absolutely, the special of the day. Mm-hmm. Finds out that he is uh, he is an expectant father, um, and I mean I'd say if not for the whole expectant father thing, even before this, he is aimless. He doesn't really have a mm. he doesn't have a purpose in life. He mm. doesn't really have much of a personal moral compass. He, he, I mean, there's not a whole lot. You could say he is objectively lower now than he has been at any point in his life. Uh, although at this point, he still says, well, if everything bottoms out, he is going to work for Coglin's Bar. And that's still in the cards. He can play that. But at any point, he is a mixture of just being aimless and then also having this ticking time bomb of the expectant fatherhood, mm-hmm. so he decides to go to Uncle Pat. Yeah, is uh, this, all reliable. I mean, it is a way of going back to his it's, roots. It's a grounding. It's, yeah. it's for sure. And I think, you know, we get a sense, I mean, I certainly got a sense, when you see Uncle Pat on screen again, yeah. you're filled with warmth. It is. I wrote, uh, Pat, wisdom of the earth. Yes. yes. Yeah, it's a very comforting feeling returning to Uncle Pat's bar here. And what do we see when we start off? We see our favorite character, Eddie, Yes, Eddie, who's got a great line in these five minutes. Yes, let's talk about what happens with Eddie. Mm-hmm. Eddie, he uh, puts five dollars out in front of him. No, a, a dollar, a dollar, five, or he starts with five. I thought it was a five dollar thing. No, is I think we- no. The one that Uncle Pat's holding at the end is a is a dollar bill. Okay, so yeah, he, so he wants quarters for a dollar. Yeah. Oh, that's what he means by cigarette change. Okay. What, what, what do you think he meant? I thought he had gotten the dollar back for after buying cigarettes or something. No, he wanted quarters. He wanted quarters to buy cigarettes from the vending machine. Yes. I see. Okay. And then Pat just took the money, saying it's a tip. Yes. And saying, if you if you hand it to me, it's it's, it's change. cigarette change. If you put it on the bar, it's, it's a, tip. a tip. Yeah, that was almost my key line. It's pretty good. I mean, and it shows the things too. What does it show here? It shows one. Uh, Pat is very crafty within the world he exists in. He yes. exists in this world of low lives, these people who are just living these petty, desperate little lives, like Eddie. Mm-hmm. And what does Pat do? He gets by by knowing how to deal with people like Eddie. Yeah. And he is, you know, he's a little fish in a pond with even littler fish. Yep. And uh, it's working out well for him. He knows exactly how far he can push Eddie. Because objectively, what he did to Eddie 
was pretty bad. Not great business. <laughs> but he knows Eddie Eddie's will coming put up back. With it. Yeah, Eddie's not going to a different Eddie bar. Eddie is, is dependent. Ho- Eddie is an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. Eddie does not have really much going on in his life, and he will be there every day. And Uncle Pat uses his ability to read people to know exactly how much money can he steal from everybody. Yes. Uh, and he knows, you know, when when to, uh, you know, when you need to kind of be a, a, a very reasonable businessman and when you can be just be a guy be a and, dude and when just be just dudes being dudes when your fave nephew comes in mm. brian the, the 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 love of your life mm-hmm. uh you know right from the family tree itself and says i'm expecting it's like then this is family he business flips and i'd say in this bar there's at least four people no there's that, a lot of his bar is busy it's a busy night in the bar it's like i'd say four five six people more than that there were like there know. were like ten plus people in that bar. That's why nice uh, Pat's Tavern is even when there's like six people, mm. it feels like there's four people. It's intimate. Sure. Yes, it is an intimate venue. And what what time is this? Probably like I mean, based upon the game, where it is in the game, probably nine o'clock. Should we look it up nah. when that game happened? Now, nah, well, what quarter was it in? I don't know. Well, oh no, it's halftime because we had the field half field time. field goal stats half at halftime. And Syracuse was the home team. Syracuse, uh, no, St. John's is the home team. If they were in home team order. In in the in the uh, halftime stats, Syracuse was listed first, so I just assume that means St. John's is the home team. But where is St. John's? Yeah, St. John's is in uh, uh, Minneapolis. Okay, and they're probably not the home team if they were playing at Madison Square Garden. Or no, is it? But maybe this was like the championships or something. St. John's University. I, I got a map saying multiple St. John's. Oh, I, New York I, City. I, I think it might be New York City. Yeah, New York City. Great. And then well, Syracuse. Look, look at this. St. Yeah, John's they're, University. They're all over the country. Okay, so East Coast. And then Syracuse. Where's Syracuse? Syracuse is like uh, east of Buffalo. Ah, East Buff. East Buff. Okay. So, so the, yeah, this so St. John's was home team. Sure. So it's Eastern time zone. And St. John's Probably plays in Madison seven. Square Garden? It's like 9 o'clock. St. John's plays in Madison Square Garden? Oh, the game was at Madison Square Garden. Game was at Madison Square Garden. This yeah. must be this must be a big game. It must yeah, it must be a championship or something. Does St. John's play man MSG? Wow. Okay. Well, uh, so I mean, they did at that at the Eastern time. time zone. Let's say it starts yes. at seven. It's sure. nine o'clock. Or so no, it's like it's like nine o'clock on a Saturday. Exactly. Probably Saturday. Eddie's filtering in. Also, I mean, how does it work in the in the canon of the film? Because uh, that's considered a goof. That when they're home earlier watching boxing going on, mm. this is a game that happened like back in the seventies. <laughs> <laughs> and like the thing is, they're betting on it, and Congress is like, "Oh, I lost money on this." Yeah. Like, should in in the course of the movie, like, do you just take this as a given, or is this canonically something that happened have, in the seventies? Have you never bet on sports reruns? <laughs> no, but Doug does. It's very fun. It is. Yeah. I could, that would be something Coglin would do. <laughs> lose money on sports reruns. Um, so I mean, it's it's great. I mean, it is nice. This is the first time we've seen old uh, Patty Pat since uh, since the first ten minutes. Of the old week. Pat Pat. No, it's it's super comforting. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, would the movie be better if you saw more Pat? Um. Or is this a proper amount of Pat? I think it'd be nice if every fifteen minutes or so, uh, it just cut to like Uncle Pat narrating. He was like the chorus of the movie, like sitting in a chair. Yeah, it's yeah. Uncle Pat sitting in a chair on, with his jack, his red sweater thing on. And he has a nice book open called Na- yes. Cocktail, a big big book in called Cocktail, yeah. and he's smoking a pipe. <laughs> yes, and and he puts down his pipe, and Eddie is sitting at his feet, looking up at him, <laughs> and he says, "And now." Have you ever seen pickled eggs in a jar in a 
in real there, life? It's a huge jar. Um, uh, yes, but only at like Smart and Final. Yeah, it, it at, seems like that's know. a thing you don't get anymore. Yeah. yeah. Also, Eddie drinking what appears to be Miller High Life. Miller High Life. It could be MGD because we saw earlier in the movie the MGD mm. label at the time this movie was out yeah. looked a lot more like Miller High Life, but it's somewhere in the Mill Fam. It's it's a Mill Fam Mill Fam uh, brew. But I am Pat at one point says, you know, I have the luxury of shutting down my bar for family time. Sure. And I mean, what's one day of business for Pat? I mean, it's not every day your fave nephew. Your know, fave nephew get, gets gets a woman pregnant. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that wasn't today, probably. I I we don't know that. We don't know that. It's a, it's been a long day. <laughs> it's been a very long day. Um. So yeah, he shuts down the bar and and it's kind of an assurance. He says, "I have the best advice. I'm gonna fix my nephew's life." Yeah. And yeah. his his life his life advice he gives to him is basically, "You're out for yourself." <laughs> Yeah, you know, cut everybody out. Yeah. Run, run from women. You yeah. know, just do, just do. Well, it's like, do just is you know, she doesn't, she's not chasing you. Yeah, and and you are not obligated, so you're free. You're free and clear. I mean, there is something amoral in the Pat Code of Honor. Mm. There's no real personal responsibility. Mm. I mean, his his day to day life is grifting all these sad sack uh, patrons. Sure. for a little bit of cash, but he does have a code. He does have a code. That's more than I can say for most. <laughs> does he have a code? Yeah, the Pat Code. The Pat. I mean, the Pat Code. What is the Pat Code? Um, Pat PatCode.com. No, what is the Pat Code? The Pat Code is um uh, uh take what you can. Yes. Give nothing back. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, what 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 is that from? Take <laughs> what you can. Give nothing back. <laughs> I don't recognize it. Take P O oh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Good. Take what you can, give nothing back. From that's the, ride? the that's the no er the ride for the movie. No, I think it's from the movie. Oh, that's too bad. Take what you can, give nothing back. Yeah. Uh, was a phrase used when pulling a ship into dock, meaning to pull in as much slack as you can and don't let go. That's great. Wow. So uh, see, that's that's I think that's the Uncle Pat code. <laughs> but it is funny though, because Pat is so uh feckless. I mean I would say Pat is so he has so little integrity, but he's also so like I think greedy and also very kind of he's ready to jump at things which is why he never makes anywhere in life because mm. he you know he is going to always be this failure mm. because he is just he, he'll never be anything bigger in it because he goes for these small gains all the time mm. right I think so patco.com is uh, is <laughs> um, uh, is is actually does exist sure yep it is a thing. Uh, it's parked for free. Nice. Yeah, patco.com. It's so, waiting there. I mean, do you think Brian was going to Pat saying, I want to make my life more like Pat's, so I'm going to Pat for advice? No. Did, was he just have no one better for advice? Exactly. That's exactly it. Who else is he going to go to? I mean, Coughlin is Coughlin's still, out of his life at this point. I mean, he is going to be back. I mean, is he in New York working in his bar, or is he still... In theory? I think he's still doing it remotely, and then he shows up on day one. But if you're... I mean, from Flanagan's POV, right? It's Coughlin got him into this mess. Because he said in Jamaica, it's Mom. opening in like four weeks. Yeah, this could happen in that span. It could. I think it has. Yeah. 
So I think Coughlin is not New York City, and also they're not completely chill. Mm. He's, they seem kind of toadying, but Brian Flanagan, if he's going to pat, he has to actually suck up now, saying, hey, guy, you know, I'm going to work for you. That's the whole yeah. thing now. Yeah. So he has to go in, you know, tail between his legs if that's happening. So, yeah, Pat is all he's got because you always got fam. That's true. And Pat is the only fam he's got left. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Yep. Um, it's just it's it's kind of sad. Uh, but Pat gives OK advice of just saying, uh, well, if you if you love this girl, then you got problems. Mm-hmm. Is that what he says? Uh, Something out of effect. Well, it's actually a really it's a really fun exchange, right? Because they're no, going no. back and forth. It's 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 like West Wing dialogue. Uh, it's more fun. Than so, that. well, here, let's listen. Hey, kid. Yeah, hey, how are you? I got a problem. You got time for a quick talk? Well, make it fast. I'm real busy here. What's the matter? I'm going to be a father. That's it. Bars closed. What? Finish up. Oh, Come on. Hit the road. Hit the road. Let's go. I love this block. Everybody out of here. What? what? <laughs> you ought to know better than come to a bartender for advice. Not only a... What am I going to do about this girl? Nothing. What do you mean nothing? She's not trying to shake you down. She's not trying to make you marry her. You don't care about her. You can walk away from the whole thing. What if I do care about her? Then you got a problem. See, that's fun. That's fun. That's this is no. This I mean, it's it's. I feel like almost everything happening now is very perfunctory. And then also, like, what are the questions? The question are Jordan's having the kid. Yeah. Like, and you know, it's going to be the fact. How do they reconcile? Yeah. Because there is really no other outcome, which is even possible. Mm. Right. Um. Because it's not even at a certain point like she's going to, like, marry someone else. The fact that she's going to be a single mother, she's going to be, like, she's gonna, she's settling back for him. It's yeah. Like, I think it would be good to check the tweet stream. I don't know if we have that available here, but I feel like for our, our live reaction. Yeah. If you, do you have that handy? No. Oh, I don't believe it. It's too bad. Um, so, because I feel like when we watched this the first time, our main sentiment here was this movie is ending multiple times. Right. Sure. And and it didn't. It kept it kept stringing things along. Right. Well, I mean, it's it's weird how the the subject of what happens ceases to be what is Jordan deciding for her life and being what does Jordan father determine for Jordan's life. The movie very quickly mm-hmm. pivots to that. It, so it, instead, it strips instead, her of her agency. Instead of 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 Brian Flanagan working with Jordan at all, it becomes basically how does he win her father over. Yes. Speaking of which, the scene. Oh no! Well, we have to talk about the hallway scene first. Sure. Okay. Well, we're making our way to the scene. The we scene because the scene is great, and we will want to catch all this dialogue. But next time around. Yeah. Um. Okay. So so the bar. So we get Uncle Pat's advice. I wrote down. Um. Eddie's what is very good. That Eddie's I pointed what out. Great. Where he goes what? What? Um. Uncle Pat has a very practical view on parenthood. Um. And that's all we have. So uh, now to the hallway. Now to the hallway. The hallway he goes in, and I would say... He returns to Jordan's apartment. Yes, the and, scene in the crime. Yes, and says, Jordan. 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 
You're Jordan. listening to KZSU Stanford. This is Earful of Cocktail. We are talking about the 16th five minutes of cocktail. Uh, you think Unless Jordan, you're listening on the podcast. Unless you're listening then to the podcast. we're not. Uh, do you think, do you think, do you think, do you think? No, I don't. Uh, that's, uh, it's, there's violence in his action. He seems like very violence? hostile. Yeah. Oh, when he goes back to Jordan's he apartment, he's knocking on the door. Well, you know, no, no, me- like- you are meant to assume he's been there for like an hour. Sure. And he's just knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door. It's it's weird though because you're showing not like a bit of desperation, but then mm. also a bit of this weird psychotic determined. I will get what I want. I will get what I deserve in mm. his eyes and his general demeanor. Is that mm. is that fair to say? Because um, they didn't have to do that. Well, it's interesting. I mean, so I, yeah, it's weird how we're supposed to read into this. I mean, it's basically like Uncle Pat reinforced the, uh, y- you know, you you should not let this. Or well. Uncle Pat reinforced the, the you actually care and therefore you cannot give up in a uh, weird way. Yeah, he was right? basically seeing this head like, okay. And also there's an implication saying if you want to be, if you want to continue being part of the Flanagan the Flanagan clan. Yeah. That's a tongue twister. A Flanagan clan. A, a Flanagan clan. A Flanagan clan. Flana if you clan. want to stay in the Flanagan clan, yeah. you have to actually deliver on this. If you don't do this, you're going to be a little, you know, pussy and you're going to be a little wimp and you're going to be you know, it's like you have to deliver. Yeah. Or else you're not really a man. You're not, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. you see me, you see me a few minutes ago. I just took Eddie's money. <laughs> it's like, I'm, I'm a, I'm a big time operator here. And little Brian, are you even going to get this pregnant girl to, to stay with you? Well, let's see if you can deliver, you know, see if you can make her what Eddie is for me. And that's the implication here. Hmm. Um, so turn her into an Eddie. <laughs> exactly. That's the part. That's would you watch a sitcom if it was just uh, Pat and Eddie? Pat and Eddie. Yeah. Pat and Eddie. That's a good name for a sitcom. I think so. Um, so he goes in and is just violently pounding on the door for a while, mm. and then we have uh, who is credited as female artist. Yep. Opens up the door and says, "Artist." Uh, she's not in right now. Uh, I can get the actual line. Um. Yeah. The next door neighbor. Because it's an artist colony in this loft, in this mega loft uh, complex. It's like it's it's like an ant infestation, you know. It's yeah. Like termites, you know. You get one artist, you're gonna get artists in every part of your loft. Yeah. Um, 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 she's at her. Okay. He says, Jordan, I just want to talk to you. She's not hiding. She's not home. She's at her parents' place. Go bang down their door. Uh, you wouldn't have to know where that is. Uh, sure, Park Avenue, corner 67. <laughs> so this neighbor does not like Jordan. Nope. Jordan, I just want to talk to you. She's not hiding. She's not home. She's at her parents' place. Go bang down their door. You wouldn't happen to know where that is, would you? Sure, Park Avenue, corner 67. Park Avenue? Yeah, Park Avenue. This neighbor does not take Jordan's privacy very seriously. Well, okay, a few things here. Yes. Um, one is female artist, the neighbor, mm-hmm. doesn't like the fact that Brian Flanagan is, is making noisy. noise. Yeah, That's yeah. Bad. Artists hate noise. And messes with their process. Jordan's neighbor clearly hates Jordan. Yes. <laughs> Jordan's neighbor, not a fan. And why? Jealous. Because she's much richer than Yes. Him. And is Jordan's neighbor also rich? I'm sure she is. She's living in a mega loft. But you compare your richness to who is someone richer than you and Always. you despise them yep. and that's why you feel you're the underdog. Yep. And you know, so Jordan is someone 
Park Place and 67th? Park yeah. Avenue. Park Avenue, yeah. Park um, Place is from Monopoly. Everything's Monopoly. Um, uh, yeah, so Park Avenue and 67th. Yes. Yeah, I mean, she says, yeah, Park Avenue. She despises Jordan. Yes, she does. Also, uh, let's just say here, is it helpful to say she lives at this intersection? I, I wrote this down. <laughs> I, it's not. That's not enough, and I looked at the intersection to check. So, I looked at the intersection, yeah. too. Okay, Park Avenue, corner of 67th. So that gives you- Park Avenue is a double-wide street. Yes, but it gives you four possibilities if yes. you know it's on the corner. What it, we can eliminate one because it's uh, it's a post office, Park Avenue Armory, an art museum. Okay, so you can eliminate that. So there's three remaining possibilities. Yeah, one of them look kind of like an office building, so maybe you can assume one of them's commercial. Sure, but I mean, why would her neighbor know the exact you know geography of of this intersection, right? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of implied there. I give this intersection; it'll be obvious in general if there is like. If there are four different residential no, places, what are the chances you could find them out from that? Like, if they have a mailbox, you find out if they live there, but are people I anonymous? mean, back then, I guess, like, you're used to, you know, all just go around and asking each one, maybe. Also, you can look at the phone book. That's true. Well, I don't know if they're in the phone book. Yeah. Is, is the phone book doxing? Is it a big doxing book? It, I mean, if they had doxing back then, I think I think the phone book would have played a key role. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, here's one thing that I think was not discussed explicitly, but it was heavily hinted. Mm. Uh, Park Avenue and 67th. Uh, so Park Avenue, four blocks away from 1st mm -hmm. Avenue. Mm -hmm. 67th. Two, two blocks away from 5th. 67th, five blocks away from 62nd. So Park Avenue and 67th. Okay. You walk about, you know, basically five blocks. Okay. You're at 1st and 62nd. What's that? That's where the Fridays is. Wow. She lives nearby. Yeah, going back to his roots. All in the neighborhood. I mean, do you think that that is supposed to be implied when you watch this? It's like, oh, yeah, he's back in the Friday's neighborhood. Uh, I think that's implied. I mean, it might, it might be a clever in-joke. Put two but and two together. I always put two and two together, and it's, it equals I mean, four. I mean, it is part of the Upper East Side, and you are supposed to know that the Upper East Side is where they are. Saying, oh, oh, you're supposed to know <laughs> I mean, about the Upper East Side. Coughlin says the Upper East Side, this is the largest concentration of wealth. In the in the world. In the world. In the world. The Upper East Side. He Upper says, East Side. this is where we're at. And he's is back. that true? Do we debunk that? No, it's true. Is it true? Fort I, Knox. What a, what Fort Knox. Fort Knox. Uh, I mean, like, Saint Monaco. Cathedral. Monaco. Uh, I don't, let's look up um, wealthiest um, uh, well, wealthiest cities in the world. I think we did it last time. Actually, let's no, per capita. Wealthiest cities per capita. In the world, because that's what you need for constant. No, per per square mile. It's gonna be like Atherton per area. It's gonna be Atherton. Wealthiest cities per area. Hong Kong. Well, it matters how big it is. Here, the top ten richest cities in the world is measured by the number of residents worth thirty million or more. That's not what I'm looking for. That's not what I'm looking for. I want I want the wealthiest cities in the world. I want city wealth divided by city area. Dent. If I search for like densest wealth. Densest wealth, <laughs> densest wealth, densest wealth cities. Dense, dense, 10 wealthiest cities in the world. It's not New York or London at the top. Shanghai, China, GDP 516.5 billion. Yeah, but that, but it's a big city. I want, I want, okay, here we go. Wealthiest cities divided by city area. This is a Wolfram Alpha uh, calculation, isn't it? It is. Also, yeah, let's, let's, let's get the next time in corrections. Wolfram Alpha. Wealthiest cities divided by city area. Then you got a problem. <laughs> if this works, 
It's computing. Uh, I got uh, wealthiest. Uh, English word. Having an abundant supply of money or possessions of value. Scrabble score, 16. Okay, well, that didn't work. Great. All right. Uh, so I want to say right now, uh, yeah. the uh, actress who plays female artist. You yes. Know, you know who she is? Um, she does look familiar. Is she in Ghostbusters? Uh, she is uh, Kim Nellis. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's N-E-L-L-E-S, Kim okay. Nellis. Uh, she was doing some acting. Uh, yeah. Not really. She's best known for cocktail. Okay. In the role of female artist. Put, sure, put but she map. looks familiar. She also has, this is what I think is incredible. She has Hello? soundtrack. She did music department. She wrote music to Across the River to, to Motor City. She wrote theme music. And then also, she wrote a song for the 2005 movie uh, Bailey's Billions. Wow. She was also a bartender. Uh, she wrote the song. Was she? Yeah. Nice. Some other movie. Uh in Counter Strike TV yeah. series, ooh, Counter Strike, great game. <laughs> so in the in the movie Bailey's Billions, she co-wrote the song with Lou Pamonte, "All That I Want." Let's sing that song. I try to find it. Good luck. Wait, is that not it right there? What? No, no, no I don't need a recording of it. Uh, wh- what's it called again? All that I want. All that I want. Written by Lou Pamonte and Kim Nels. Okay. And then it lists lead vocal. So I think it's done by some like studio house band. On okay. The- on the movie, All that I want. oh, you don't. Those aren't lyrics there. No, I wish. Uh, no, I think I think you're not going to hear the song unless you get a copy of the movie Bailey's Billions. Bailey's Billions, which, All That I Want lyrics. I, let me, I've not actually read this all the way through, but let me read you the plot to the movie Bailey's, Bailey's Billions. Bailey's Billions, very poorly rated. Okay, can I read this? Sweet and savvy talking golden retriever Bailey like is one doggone lucky pooch <laughs> when his devoted owner, Constance Pennington, leaves him her entire billion dollar fortune. Bailey is lucky, that is, until he becomes the target of an elaborately designed dog nap scheme hatched well, by Constance's nasty nephew, Caspar, mm. and his money-hungry wife, Dolores. The despicable duo's wicked no, plan is ultimately gain really custody of the canine so they can get the greedy paws of the inheritance. Unfortunately for them, there's a thing or two they don't know about Bailey. Not only does he have the great street smarts, he has great pals, too. Hmm. Bailey's lo- local guardian, Ted, kind-hearted animal advocate, Marge, her daughter, Sam, and a clever border collie named Tessa sent a hilarious madcap adventure to free their four-legged friend and put the nasty dog nappers out of business for good. I don't know in the course of this movie. It's a talking golden retriever. Is this weird in the course of the movie, or is this normal in the course of the movie? Probably pretty normal. You know who voices Bailey? Um, I've seen the plot. Was it uh, John Lovitz? Wow, it's good cast. Yeah, budget $9 million. That's en- that's enough to hire Lovitz. Wow. So, I mean, you might have thought, uh, you know, where have I seen uh, this female artist uh, and other stuff? You didn't see her. but You, you heard her. You heard her write the classic song, All That I Want. Wow, round two, she. She by round two is on the soundtrack? That was that was like a pod safe music track back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she by round two was like that was available for like, hey podcasters, use our music. That's really funny. <laughs> I think it was I think that's available like by under Creative Commons or something. Nice. Also, I love the, they have a song, uh Lou Pamonte, who you also may know as a co writer of All That I Want. Mm. He wrote and performed the song Bow Wow. Mm. Sounds good. Sounds great, yeah. Um, <laughs> she written and performed by round two. <laughs> yeah, it's that's. I mean, back in the day, uh, <laughs> this was this was big on the podcast circuit. Uh, we don't talk enough about royalty free music in the show. <laughs> oh, I remember this song. This has two hundred ninety one views on YouTube. So we just I used to play this on my podcast. Nice.
This rocks. It does. She wears a sweater in the morning night. Morning light. I still embarrassed. She wears it every day. She's a top of bowl. It's okay. I'm going to be a me. father. What? Is, is someone talking? Yeah, Brian Flanagan. <laughs> and, oh, the movie's still going on. Yeah. Yeah, we already did talk Because the way she does. She wears a sweater in the morning light. about this girl. And it's okay to me. There's no, there are no comments. 291 views. So, How do I know this song? Because <laughs> you played it on your clearly. So, so with the with people making Bailey's billions, were they cheaping out? It's like okay, yeah, nine million dollars. We got to save a few bucks on, on the music. <laughs> we're gonna take this uh, this um, this pod safe music. So they could like hired some like you know some of the best composers in the biz. Like, no, I, I know someone better. Let's get Lou Pamonte and that female artist from Cocktail, and they're gonna write some stuff. I wonder what her career is. Her career sounds fascinating. Like, how'd she end up? Does she write other music? She must. Um, I mean, no, because there's not, there aren't any other credits. Okay, so I think we're on the fourth scene here. Okay. Okay, so first thing first, this guy. I don't mean to bother This guy. Yeah, I mean, the, he's the, um, he is the, uh, front desk attendant at... Uh, Park Avenue Apartments. Uh, here's a question for you. Yes. Does this name mean anything to you? Mm. Lou Welch. Lou Welch. Uh, Welch's grape juice? Lou Welch. Lou Welch. Welch's... Oh, look at... Oh, he's in Babylon 5. He's part of the Night Watch. He's the Night Watch guy that takes over from... Um, he, he relieves Zach Allen of his duties. He was on like seven episodes. Wow. Yeah, he's the evil night light. Uh, the like um, the like night watch guy that kisses up to the night watch so that he can uh, take over security. Uh, the Babylon Five uh, fandom page says Lou Welch was a member of Babylon Five security force and a good friend of Michael Garibaldi. Yeah, but he but not for long. It says he was a good friend. Uh, and we just see the guy that shoots Garibaldi in the back. Are you asking me this? I, I don't think he does. I think he's the guy that takes over on... Uh, he, he comes in as, as Night Watch, takes over. I've only seen uh, three episodes, including the finale. Sure. Twice. It's good to watch. If you ever want to be acquainted with the TV show, watch the finale twice, once with commentary. My question for you is, do you feel bad that you do not recognize immediately, hey, that's Lou Welch? Should you have? Um, I... No, I'm good. But that is that is amazing that there was a Babylon 5 actor that was in Cocktail. So first question is, uh, do we think that Brian Flanagan went to all four corner buildings uh, and then was just asking, was this his first building? Or do you think that he could have gone to a different place and say, hey, where are the Moonies at? And they're like, what are you talking about? Um, an American poet, Lou Welch. Sorry, I'm still, I'm still into this Lou Welch thing. Sure. Okay, he's a, he's also a poet. I'm not sure. Um, yeah, he was also a poet on the show. Okay, sorry. What was that? Do you think Brian Flanagan went to different places and says, "Hey, where are the Moonies at?" Because there's four different possibilities. He could have uh, gone to the armory, armory first. I mean, that's that is that would be the way to do that if you needed to, which yeah. would be you would go to each lobby. Well, so one, no one. I mean, the armories. I think he can safely rule out the armory. That's a museum. Still three places. Three more places. You go to each lobby, right? Yeah. 
and you ask for the Moonies as if they live there, right? Yeah. That's important. The, the famous Tom Cruise line, show me the Moonies. Show me the Moonies. Uh, you ask for the Moonies, and the important thing is that you need to ask the, for them as if you know they live there because one of them is going to be a hit. Yeah. And when you get that hit, you want it to be convincing that you were purpose that you knew the address, you were purposely there, and you were there to see the Moonies. Would you like the movie better if it had a minor amount of detective work and you saw that? Or do you think it'd be a waste of time and it's good that you I not? would like the movie better if then he had a prep session <laughs> where where he outlined on a whiteboard corner of what was it again? Sixty seventh and uh and, and park. So he draws the corner of sixty seventh and park and he goes, yeah. Okay, here's the plan. Yeah. One, two, three. And he circles. He crosses. C- circles them. One, two, three. And he's, I go in here. Yeah. yeah. But he's doing this baby driver down out in front. The, in the middle of the intersection. And he's looking <laughs> at the buildings. Yes. Uh Okay, so uh, okay, what is going on in the front office when he shows up? The Lou, so, Lou yeah. Welch is sitting there. Lou Welch is standing there, standing there behind the. You don't know how big his chair behind is. behind what I would describe as the bar of the apartment complex, sure. which is the front desk. Sure, and he's he's chastising an employee of the building for being late, I guess, but over the phone. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> which is a weird incidental line to throw in. Mm-hmm. Also, not very good surface. If it's you if you go to a if you go to a, a very expensive place, and yes. demand expensive service. Sure, you don't expect to say, "Hey, hold on." Yes, I'm chewing out another employee here for being visibly late. in front of you. <laughs> yeah. So here's well. So what what I read this as is twofold. One, very discerning building, right? Because the staff cannot uh, bear another staff member being late, right? Yeah. So it's like, oh, this building is is really like on top of it, right? Well, as we start, there, yeah. there is actually a very notable thing we see. We start off with a shot close on the street outside, mm. and we see a bellman standing outside. Yep. And then we slowly track back. And into... there's another bellman, well, a front desk man. Well, there's a way of showing, it gives you the feeling that you are pulling away from the real streets of New York, and you're mm. being sucked into this luxurious space. Mm. You know, it's like, you know, the world of Uncle Pat. Yeah. That's not happening anymore. Yep. You know, t- you know, Brian Flanagan is now being sucked in to, sure. to pure luxury. Yes. Uh, this is actually, um, uh, I think, implied uh, that this is the uh, Canada Life Building lobby in Toronto. Ah, yes, a famous New York landmark. <laughs> yes. So, no. So, what I like it does. <laughs> they have a website, it, and I flip over. It's the same scene. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is. It it, the, it does look like Park Avenue though, out the, out the door. I mean, there's a median with I know trees that's in anywhere. it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that that um, is that is good devotion devotion to detail. Yeah. Yeah. Good DD. Um, so, but the, so I think this is two, this, this scene does twofold, right? One is, oh, very discerning building if they're chewing out their staff about being late. Two, it shows that Brian Flanagan is like visibly does, you know, not, um, welcome, it, you know, just like be, he is visibly does not belong in that building because the doorman or the, the front desk man knows well enough. This man is not important. This man's walked in here and I do not care about him. I, uh, I'm attending to my own business he is not an important person because he's dressed up like a ragamuffin, wearing a sweater and a leather jacket. Hair, hair slicked back. Is, is his hair spiked more? Hair spiked back. <laughs> leather like, jacket got, on. Got to see the Mooney family. Let's spike the hair up like John Mellencamp. Yes, very short man. <laughs> Let's get a little bit shorter. Too. Yes. Um, and by the way, look this up. Uh, look yeah. up on the internet, uh, Wikipedia. I was going to look it up on the extranet. Oh, that'd be good. You yeah, use the internal subnet. Yes. Uh, Casaloma. 
Castlevania. Casaloma. Space. Casa Space Loma. Casaloma. Casaloma Hotel. Casaloma Hotel in San Francisco. I can say go to Wikipedia. Toronto. Go to Wikipedia. Well, I'm on TripAdvisor. No, can you please go to Wikipedia, I'm though? I'm on we- TripAdvisor. Can you please go to this page, though? Casaloma Wikipedia. Sure. I type wiki when I do that. Casaloma Wikipedia. So this is a notable because I know... Spanish for Hill House. There's a very famous uh, a band in the early 30s called the Casaloma Orchestra. Ah. And they're based because they played um, they played at this Casaloma you know, resort hotel in uh, the 20s and 30s. Okay. So scroll down to this page and you'll see the Casaloma. Casaloma, 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 Casaloma. The Lady Pellat Suite on the second floor of Casaloma looks just like the penthouse of the Park Avenue building. Yeah, so there you go. So what this is a coincidence. Very famous uh, filming site hmm. is the Casaloma. Ah. And that, that is, and this is playing the part of... Uh, Wonder how much you think they changed when they when they made this? Do you think? Well, this... they changed the color of the columns. That's for sure. Um, they like painted over the columns. That's weird. Well, that was probably how it was. That was probably how it was. They probably mm. changed it a lot. Do you think that they had to bring their own secretary decorator, or do you think when you hire the Casaloma, uh, what was it, Surat Suite Palat, that you get the the existing furniture? Well, I don't know if you'd want to film, though, with whatever just furniture is there, right? Well, I mean, but they didn't build their own set. They hired this room because it saves money. It's true. Um, it, the, Mary Platt was the first chief commissioner of the Gill Guides of... Uh, the Gill Guides. The Girl Guides of Canada. Ah, the Gill Guides. The Gill Guides. She ah. was awarded the Silver Fish Award in 1922. So, like a silverfish? Like the uh, like yeah. what you find in drawers? Yeah, like little insect. Yeah, the silverfish. <laughs> So uh, mm. somewhere in that room, there might be a silverfish. Mm. <laughs> um, nice. <laughs> very nice. Here is the cool thing with that room. I don't know if you noticed this. Mm. Oh, um, wow. It's the filming location of the TV movie Reimagining, the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, let's do the time warp again. Never mind. <laughs> a lot more notable movies. <laughs> a lot more, yeah. Yeah. Uh, live action Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, I wonder. It was hard to see if there's any of the movies shot in the Lady Platt suite. I could not find any other any other indication of that yeah but um, just just interesting just just interesting stuff just fascinating stuff extremely interesting extremely interesting okay so let's talk let's just talk uh, and I think also the woodlined hallways this is also mm. this article the lush penthouse in which daddy lives is Lady Platt's suite the Casaloma we're used to seeing Casaloma's woodlined hallways on film but the blue tinged room here is recognizable in its own right who's describing him as daddy What's what is this descri- article that's describing I, him I as descri- daddy? Well, it says it's called uh, Real Toronto Daddy's Place. Wait, what? Uh, oh, oh, wait. This is no. Wait, what? This is is about cocktail. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And the movie says some movies are good, some movies are bad, some movies are so good they're bad they're good. Uh, we love cocktail for Brian Flanagan's character and Daddy's screen presence. Huh. Uh, everyone loves Daddy. Uh, I mean, he does have a great screen presence. So, which we will get into momentarily. So let's watch. Watch as it draws away from the street. It's, it's heartbreaking in a way. You just know that the street breaking. Street breaking. Oh, there's the outside. You'll never see it again. Absolutely. You're trapped inside this jail. <laughs> that is great little. Hello. Okay. I also like this. Yeah. Uh, the it's. I mean, their their address is freely given. He walks in this lobby, 
says, what apartment are the Moonies in? Yeah. The penthouse. Well, you said earlier, you have to show that you know him. I don't yeah. think that's true. <laughs> he, it, clearly, he, this this complex just gives out, just, just lets their patrons' uh, uh, locations be known. I mean, Lou Welch is not great at his job. No, Lou Welch is a is a bad lobby man. He's a bad man. Oh, yeah, look, <laughs> a bad bad lobby man. Right here. Yeah, nice art there. What do you see? Are you, what do I see? I see a glass full of, of ostrich uh, eggs. Oh, is it? Is that a metaphor for? <laughs> are we being are we being locked in here? <laughs> wow, what an <laughs> indictment! <laughs> We're being. Someone closed the hallway door on us. I've never which seen is that weird. happen before. The I feel trapped door is, now. The hallway door is a rare thing to close <laughs> here at the station. Come in. Come in. Um, um, like so it. earlier we saw pickled eggs in a jar. <laughs> yeah. Then we go to Park Avenue, and now we see ostrich eggs in a jar. Uh-huh. I'd like to think the sec decorator actually intended that to happen. Um, uh, yeah, I think it's it's a, I mean, eggs. I mean, yeah. like. Normal guys like Eddie. Yeah, they eat little chicken eggs. Really sure, but Daddy, yeah, <laughs> Daddy uh, goes back and he sucks down a pickled ostrich egg. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, da, 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 da. okay. Um, oh, there's a, in the penthouse hallway. Upset. Oh, but if I could what? talk to her, make her see that I'm going to stick by her through this. I hope you're not suggesting that you'll marry her. I'm not sure. What we're going to do, we've got a lot to talk about. The hell you do. The hell you do. All right, look. I know Jordan a lot better than you do, and I've never seen her as unhappy as she is at this moment. She is just not very wise in the ways of the world. And right now, what she needs around her are people she can trust. She can trust me. She doesn't want to see you. Key line. She doesn't want to even talk to you. Just wait here for one moment for me, will you, please? Richard Mooney, daddy, daddy, what a screen presence! <laughs> yeah, um, it's all. I like how he makes Tom Cruise, he makes Brian Flanagan sit down, such that he looks very visibly short. Yeah, at, sitting on that couch, classic Bonnie move. Well, well, well. Richard Mooney stands up. He's kind of like a poor man's Dan Hedaya. Who? Uh, I don't know, uh, but we're still locked in. <laughs> He goes in immediately. His power move is uh, Brian Flanagan has his hand out to shake, yep. and he blows him off. Yep, walks which, right by, and then looks out the window. Which, just to say in general, mm. how often is that a defensible move not to shake hands with somebody? Um, it happens. There's a there's a few movies I know where that happens. The major thing. Mm. Uh, if have you seen Django Unchained? Uh, no. Well, a big part of the movie is the lack of shaking hands. Is someone refusing to shake hands? Uh, with someone. Have you seen the movie The Lack of Shaking Hands? Love that movie. Yeah, what a movie. Also, uh, Birth of a Nation, the oh. classic. Uh, you know the movie Birth of a Nation? What's one of my favorites? Yeah, I mean it's 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 like history written in lightning. Mm -hmm. uh, but famously, I mean I don't think it's famous. It's a it's a weird scene. One of the Confederates in the movie mm -hmm. is like down there, and a black man wants to shake his hand. And then, like, he just refused to shake his hand. And he's, like, supposed to be the good guy in the movie, which is just, like, <laughs> what an odd, like, what a weird movie. Mm. Insofar as, like, you're supposed to say, like, hey, that guy just blowing off that Amazing. person. What a guy. <laughs> it's like, yeah. that's my kind of guy. <laughs> like, you have to go in with this incredible, like, racist lens even to be able to interpret the characters. It's mm. very, 
very odd. Because in all things, it's like I say, like, oh, yeah, we're both human beings. Let's shake hands. Mm -hmm. If at any point you say, I'm not shaking hands with you, it's either a, like, a strong moral stance. Uh-huh. Well, which well, is it, sort of what we're led to believe here, <laughs> which, right? But it... It's it, you have to. It's a very strong. It's it's a very strong move to make. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's well. I mean, this whole scene is about Richard Mooney making Brian Flanagan feel insignificant. Yeah. Such that he goes away. Yeah. That's that's the whole strategy here, right? Uh, want to uh, want to uh, sidebar for a bit for Pageful? Uh, yeah. This is what we refer to as Pageful of. Cocktail. Welcome to Pageful Cocktail. Welcome to Pageful Cocktail, where we talk about the book of the movie Cocktail. I just want to read you a little bit of this right now. Okay, this, read this a little bit right now. Read. This, this is at this point in the book. This is when uh, this is when Brian Flanagan meets Daddy. Okay. At this point, he is already uh, locked up to marry Jordan, and he goes to the family household to uh, just uh, do a meet and greet with the fam. Okay. He meets some brothers and sisters. Okay. Uh, and then he says he goes into the library. I'll just read from here. Sure. Uh, maybe take it down a bit? No. Or maybe not. No. Nope. I feel a bit loud. After lunch, sure. I asked for a phone. Mom took me by the hand again into the library. I marveled at all the books. She apologized. <laughs> the decorator had bought them by the pound when they moved in. I was marrying into a family that considered it less than respectable to read. That's okay, I said. I only use books to keep the crease in my pants. She laughed so hard I thought someone had sneaked in behind me and dropped his pants. I called Steve at the bar. You're fired, I said. I'm not coming into work tonight. Thanks for the notice, he says. I'll remember that when someone asks for a reference. He says, I, I saved the best part for last. I'll never need to reference you or for anyone else. I'm out of the business. I'll never tend bar again. Never. Steve says, what'd you get for Christmas? Brain damage? <laughs> Brian says, I'm out, man. The war's over. Knocked up a rich chick. They're, they're holding the solid gold shotgun to my head right now. I'm out. See you around like a donut. There was a red-faced guy standing in the doorway, and it wasn't Santa Claus. Hi, Dad, I said. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I just came in to say hello, he said. Didn't mean to eavesdrop. I made believe nothing had happened. I was just quitting my job, I said. He says, so I heard. He may believe nothing had happened as well. What else could we do? We shook hands, exchanged names. He was a big guy with a florid drinker's face beginning to go white around the edges. He looked like an uncle of mine, Uncle Pat, who owned a neighborhood Wait, bar. Wait, really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. This is the only time Uncle Pat is ever in the book. I don't know, but I like the extrapolation in the film of... <laughs> yeah. Resurgence of Uncle Pat. I like this. This is the only time this character. Oh, this, oh Uncle Pat doesn't factor in at all ever, yes. except for this one mention. This one mention. Wow. Who that's... owned a neighborhood bar back in Brooklyn and served the same fifty guys for years without buying him a drink. Not even on Christmas, even when the Dodgers won the series at fifty-five. Wow. That whole so like they get they get ten plus minutes of the movie out of this one line. Yeah. Uh. So I mean, this basically. That's that's the main thing I want to talk about. Yeah. So in the in the movie, he is just blatant saying, "Oh yeah, I got this rich chick pregnant. Yeah. You know, I'm yep. gonna marry her." Yep. It's like, and it's he's hit the jackpot, and he's bragging everybody in front of his future father-in-law, and this future father-in-law is just like putting up with it. Yeah. Because you know this is kind of the thing. The whole end of the book is this reverie of the fact that it's like he is this aimless. He's doing pretty well at this series of awful bars and yeah. he's slowly just just getting ground down 
and then this Jordan pregnancy thing happens. Well, actually, it's Dolly in the book. Mm. And then he's like, then everything's like this perfect dream because he's rich now. It's mm. <laughs> the end of the book. Yeah, it's okay. Like, and, and the, it's, it's very funny how that's the text of the book is this really cynical ending. It's, you know, almost like a dream. And this is, I'll talk about more with this wedding sequence. But in, in the movie, the fact that there's a class upgrade is really never never really explicitly addressed mm. and he never really says the fact like oh I'm working my entire life is a drag that's never the text uh, no I mean the movie's all about his ambition <laughs> yes yeah that's true <laughs> so kind of the exact opposite kind of yeah <laughs> the, the, the chase is is the, is what matters here in the in the movie yes. but that, that's a little bit of a page full of cocktail look full of cocktail very contrast Price. what am I gonna do about this girl Nothing. Uh, my question for you. What are you gonna do about this girl? Nothing. What do we know this? Uh, nothing. I say nothing. Nothing. In the movie. In the movie. What does Daddy know? Um. What does Daddy know in the movie? Um. Daddy know. Well, I mean, he says that Jordan's been talking about him for days. So a I mean, lot. So do you think he knows everything about what happened in Jamaica? I can imagine Jordan telling him a decent amount do you think that she knows about you know the ambulance trip at the beginning do you think he knows i how don't think met? he knows about that uh maybe well if he did ask how did you meet she might say my friend my friend owen yeah my friend uh, owen picked up my ex-friend yeah uh, i'm forgetting my, her name uh uh um start with a c CC? Like, CC. Uh, like, Clarine. Clarine. Yeah, I think it was, I think it was Clarine. Chlor Chlorine? I think it was Clarine. Yeah. Um, uh, Dulcie. 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 <laughs> of course, Dulcie. The big, yes. Okay. The, the, uh, the old friend Dulcie. The champagne lover. Yes. Big champagne lover. So he goes upstairs and weird hallway. Oh, and in that hallway, um, there's like a religious painting, it looks like, like a little mini painting. Tiny little, looks like 17th century painting. Yeah. You know, built into the wall, it looks like. <laughs> then he shows up in this very professional butler, says like, oh, Mr. Flanagan, you know, we're expecting you. It's, yes. just, it's, it's great because it's like the first time anyone like is, you know, treats him with professional courtesy. In yes. Movie, which is fine because... As a bartender, you have to build your own courtesy. Yes. And then let's talk about the geography of this room. So so he comes in from one side. Butler says, someone will be with you in a moment. Yeah. Richard Mooney walks in from the other side of the room. Yeah. So Richard Mooney is hiding in like a closet in the back of the room, right? <laughs> <laughs> and tells his butler, see him in. Yeah. Then Flanagan walks in. Is Richard Mooney waits a beat. Yeah. And then enters from rear closet. Just to make sure he knows, you're waiting for me, I'm not waiting for you. Yes. I mean, yes. technically I was waiting in a closet. No, but wait, I'm struck right now. Yeah. This guy looks a lot like Uncle Pat. Yeah, he does kind of look like Uncle Pat. Yeah. A little bit. They're both men. <laughs> um, and uh, they're both... Is Uncle Pat bald-ish? No. He's white hair. What's his hair situation? It's like a like a mane of white hair, like a like a Hulk Hogan style. Yeah, it's like a it's, it's basically a Hulkster. Yeah, uh, he's he's a Hulkster. Hulk mania. Um, so okay, here is what what did Brian do to her? W D B D 
T. It's the question Dolce asks. The question I'm asking yes. again. Is, yes. What did he do to her? Yes. I mean, what did he do? Is he led her to believe they are the perfect pair? They have, they have the world together. They're in heaven. Yeah. And then what happens is almost heaven. He leaves her for some rich chick. Yes. But, but but in Brian's case, he's like, well, of course, like you need to understand. I made a bet. And when yeah. a guy bets, you had to do it. Yes. And I mean, it's, um, Jordan great. doesn't get it. No. The question is, does he does he play at the same card with with Daddy? Well, my question is, does yeah. Daddy know? Oh, da- the bet da- thing. If, so did Jordan say, okay, so I had this perfect relationship with this Brian guy. Yeah. And then he left me for a rich chick suddenly. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, okay, this I is not acceptable. Type. Yeah. But if she said, but he was bet by his other friend Doug to do it. I bet Daddy's saying like, "Well, okay, I'm, I get it. I, I, guys I get it. will be guys. You got to yeah. know the guy code. Yes, the guy code. If your friend Doug bets you to score with a rich chick, you got to do it. Gotta. And the question is, I'll say this right now: Wouldn't it be great if he has the same line? Wouldn't it be great Thank if we're together? Wouldn't it be nice to make bar? Um. <laughs> But wouldn't it be really because when it was Jordan's like wouldn't it be great if they're together? When, wouldn't it be nice if when, when Jordan is saying like why what how did you do this to me? He's like, Well you understand, my friend Doug bet me. Yeah. Wouldn't it be great if the father said it and daddy says it and Brian says, You have to understand, sir, my friend Doug bet me I couldn't score with this rich chick. And he goes, Ah. Yeah. I'm just saying I love the fact that Brian thought that was the thing to say last time. <laughs> I mean, sure. I, still I mean, well, he's been to this once now, and now he knows that's not the way to uh, to I mean, explain himself. The short story is that is this is a short story. The short, it was a novel. The short story is that he cheated on her, yeah. and broke her heart, yeah, and now she's pregnant, yeah. So she, her daddy, probably knows that stuff. He knows at least a few things. He cheated on her, yeah. got her pregnant, yeah, and kind of just ran, just ran out, and now well, is stalking her. On, he probably knows that too. I'm not sure. That's it's it's a that's a bit between the lines. Mm. But he knows also a few things. Jordan is going to have the kid. Yeah. And absolutely because it's a movie in the '80s. And he doesn't want Brian Flanagan to be the father. Like he does not want Brian in the picture. Well, that's hard to adjust at this point. He says. I think Flanagan's going to be the father. Well, <laughs> he does not want the father to be in the picture. Sure, he wants to be the father. He wants to be the daddy. <laughs> he wants to be the daddy times two. Um, <laughs> um, but, uh, no, I mean, he says, like, it's like, I hope you're seriously not implying you're going to marry her. Like, it's it's a weird thing that, you know, realistically, it's not normal to deny the fact to say my daughter should be a single mother. I mean, Murphy Brown that was a huge controversy in the early 90s, the fact that she was choosing to be a single mother. Being a single mother is not on the table. Mm. So when this, you know, by all measures, you know, healthy young man says, I'm considering being in her life, usually the family does pull the shotgun, say, okay, do it. Get sure, yeah. It's weird that that isn't the plot because the plot needs to show him overcoming it. Mm-hmm. So weirdly, the father is saying, yep, I'm really happy to have my daughter be a single mother, which mm. is incredibly strange at the time. 
Uh, especially given she's not very wise in the ways of the world. <laughs> yeah, and also you saying like, my daughter is basically my handicapped. Yeah, my, my, my daughter is incapable, but she is. You know, she's gonna be a great single mom, Mister F. Mister F. Uh, so okay, um, we need to do drink of the app is what I say. Is right? there no, anything more? I feel like I just one final thought because we're yeah. we're doing okay. No, we're doing great, but we need to drink the app. I said that Daddy looks mm-hmm. a lot like Uncle Pat. Let's let's be very clear. There is also a lot of similarities in the way that they uh, in the way they look at life. Mm. You know, Uncle Pat considers life. It's 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 very financialized, transactionalized. The people in his life mm. are a mixture of if you're family, your family. But mm. most people, they're out to kind of grab a few bucks from. You keep sure. a bunch of hangers around, and the decision to say I'm an independent businessman, I shut down the bar, I control my life. Everything is basically transactional. Mm. Uh, and the same thing with the father. You know, yep. daddy. Daddy is also a very transactional person. How did daddy get his money, do we think? I think slavery. Ah, okay. Yeah. I mean, he does own half of half, Manhattan. He owns half of Manhattan, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Got the rest of the half through, through slavery. Mm. Um, but it is it is worth saying, is is Brian and uh, is uh, Jordan, are they transactional? Because when they're in Jamaica, basically money's no good there. We never saw money change hands. Yeah. Outside of betting, which I is mean, the mostly... drink you get at least one free drink from the brochure, <laughs> the brochure in Jamaica. Promise one free drink. <laughs> <laughs> what a great detail from the movie. I know. Um, yeah, All right. That's, that's basically... Speaking of one free drink, uh, uh, this any more analysis? Is... No more analysis. You're this okay. is drink of the app. A whiz, if ever a whiz there was, <laughs> if ever ever a whiz there was, the Wizard of Oz is there because 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 because, 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 because the because. wonderful Wizard of Oz. Love that song. Ah, it's great. Um, this is drink of the app. We're gonna invent a drink based on this app. I think. <laughs> okay, so what what is the thematic soul of it? I would say it's about elevating up to the upper class. Because I think the class conflict of what is the how do different people live? The mm. world of the Pats and the Lofts, mm. and then finally the Park the Avenues. Penthouse, the pent penthouse, penthouse daddy. <laughs> That's an early winner. Uh, I, I I feel it's hard to do better than that. <laughs> That's gonna be the trashiest drink. Um, no, it should be very very refined. Yeah. Very the, refined. Okay, penthouse daddy. You have the soul of the butler. Yeah. It's called the penthouse. Mm-hmm. I mean, look. Let's talk about like if it was about every layer. What loft? I mean, if it was a loft drink. Lo- lo- um, well, mega loft. <laughs> mega loft. The mega loft. Yeah. The mega loft. I'll have a mega loft, please. <laughs> I'll, well, I'll have a penthouse daddy. <laughs> and then finally, what can I get you? A penthouse daddy. Yeah. Two penthouse al- daddies on the rocks. And we also we already have the Uncle Pat, so that's yeah. we know where that is. No, I mean, yeah, we've got that covered. Yeah. I mean, um, last ep we had the unwanted pregnancy. Yeah, and that was kind of Megaloft. I think uh, no, I, yeah, exactly. An unwanted pregnancy. What what follows? 
penthouse daddy. Yeah, we're we're slowly working our way up. Yeah. Uh, a few things that need to be in here. Mm. Uh, you know what I'm going to say. Um, you know what I'm going to say. Uh, vermouth. Pickled egg. Pickled eggs. Oh, pickled ostrich eggs. Pickled ostrich eggs. We, we can't get pickled ostrich eggs. Not with that attitude. There's no, Okay, well, let me look it up. Uh, pickled ostrich egg. <laughs> well, it is a it is a an autocomplete. Um world's largest fried egg. Can you eat an uh, ostrich egg? I mean, I am fine with settling for really any egg content. But if it's pickled, half uh, of the weight is the white of the GG. The two other quarters are the shell and the yolk. One ostrich egg is the equivalent of 25 chicken eggs. Great. Oh, we should have a lot. <laughs> 25 chicken eggs. So there is no way you'll eat it on your own. That sounds like a challenge. Unless you've decided to I commit... I can eat 25 <laughs> Unless you've decided to commit suicide in a very interesting way. This is from limonge.fr. What, what does that uh, mean? The, is that the mouth? I, the yeah, I, or no, limonger, which is, I guess, the eater. Um, okay. the uh, Or the chewer. Um, the... <laughs> The, uh, it's, the article is titled Ostrich Egg, the Ultimate Egg Experience. <laughs> um, wow. So, b better, bigger, and stronger than goose eggs, I give you the ostrich egg. Don't look any further. It's unbeatable. It's by far the biggest and heaviest of all eggs. I've had the opportunity to eat one. Here's the whole story. When my friend Edward, a real soft-boiled <laughs> egg lover, invited me to eat an ostrich egg, Let, I screamed with joy. <laughs> screamed with joy. <laughs> he did not scream. No, well, she. Uh, the women can write articles too. No. Way. Um. Uh. The. I believe it is translated from French. I think this is the English translation of this article because it says English version in the uh, in the um, title. So, um, the. The shell is impressive, two to three millimeters thick. Don't be scared. If you let it fall, it's not really a problem. You this, can dribble it? This egg is armored. To open it, Edward had to get some serious tools. Well, you can only you can use only a hammer if you're planning to make scrambled eggs, but if you want soft boiled, you'll have to do better than that. Saws and hammers out. <laughs> um like goose eggs, they're not the best eggs in the world in terms of taste, but the Eupirience is absolutely worth it. There are producers everywhere in France, Australia, Africa, the USA, and so on. So you should try at least once this ultimate egg. So you you can buy uh, from Flux Country <laughs> Flux Country Ranch in New Mexico. You can buy fresh ostrich eggs. What's going on Apparently, here? the article used to say ostriches are the biggest animals alive. <laughs> <laughs> Slightly larger than the blue whale. <laughs> There's a comment from Jack Adler saying, wow, who knew? And then the uh, translator replies, said, yep, my mind slipped translating the French version, which of course doesn't say that. Thanks for telling me. <laughs> wow, both comments are just are just pointing out mistranslations. So here's a guy right uh, here. Here's a guy holding a uh, hard-boiled ostrich egg. Yeah, they're large. Yeah. Okay, so I'll say this. Yeah. I am willing to... Compromise? Simulate. Yeah, so... Pickled eggs. Pickled eggs? Pickled eggs. In a large snifter, which would be the size of an ostrich egg. I have a large snifter. Perfect. Yeah. Let's go for okay, it. how many pickled eggs? Uh, I'd say... 25. Okay, what is a pickled egg? It's hard-boiled. Yep. Should it be soft-boiled? Um... I think it should be soft-boiled. No, it would fall apart. 
Should it be pickled or should it not be pickled? It should be pickled. Okay. Pickled eggs. So first one is you hard boil an egg and then you yep. soak it in brine for... I think you just buy pickled eggs. Isn't but that what, a thing what, you can buy? But a pickled egg is an egg in brine. Yeah, but I think it has to sit there for a while. Oh, here we go. Directions. Place eggs in a large pot and cover with cold water. Bring water to a boil and immediately remove from heat. In a saucepan, combine the vinegar, water, salt, pickling spice, most of the onion, and a black and black peppercorns. Bring to a rolling boil. See, we're just gonna buy a jar of pickled eggs. That's what that's what okay. This so headed. I'd yeah. say we slice the pickled eggs. Okay. I mean, okay. What this tomato juice? Tomato. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of it's like a it's like a Bloody Mary type thing. Yeah. Okay. But it, it shouldn't be vodka. Tomato juice, sli a slice of pickled eggs. I think you slice it up in the thin things. Yep. And then you put them all in. Okay. How much tomato juice? I would say a liter and 0.5. I'd say like two ounces. No, it should be in a big. It should be. This should be a Bloody Mary. A gigantic drink. drink. Yeah. Okay, not a liter. Um, two liters. No. Um, <laughs> 0.75 liters. No. Uh, six ounces tomato juice. How much is in a Bloody Mary? Like six ounces. Let's make it. Because a Bloody Mary's in a pint glass. This so six ostrich. ounces is a decent amount. This would be the ostrich size. Sure. Okay. Um, uh, 12 ounces. Great. 12 ounces tomato juice. That's still not a ton, but okay. For one pickled egg, that's the right ratio. Okay. Sure. Yeah. That's fair. One pickled egg. Uh, let's just say celery is always a winner. Garnish celery, right? Or we're just going. I don't want to just do Bloody Mary, but it no. sounds good. Okay. No, 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 not well, celery. Well, let's do a, let's do a spin on um, the penthouse spin. A penthouse spin. A uh, carrot. <laughs> wow. No, 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 no. It doesn't. It, does, yeah, it doesn't match the theme. Um, penthouse daddy. What is the penthouse daddy? Penthouse daddy's up in the penthouse smoking a cigar, drinking Remy Martin, drinking Remy Martin. Sipping is Remy Martin in tomato juice is not gonna be good. no, that's gonna be really bad. Um, okay, how about like Grey Goose? What about Miller High Life? Yeah, yeah, we, are we just making the red eye? We're not, we, we're making a penthouse version of the red eye. Yeah, that's yeah, I see. Okay, um, what about like, um, mm, how much? Miller I think High we Life? need, I would say six ounces. I'd say I was gonna say 16, 12 ounces, 12 ounces. As much as you have tomato juice. So half, <laughs> half, tomato, juice. half tomato juice, Miller High Life. And Miller High Life is appropriate for the theme. Sure. Um, champagne and beers. Uh, and then we have pickled was, egg. Was it, pickled Eddie. Pickled Eddie. <laughs> he is pickled. <laughs> He's very pickled. Um, and um, uh, like um, um, pepper? Yeah, well, pep. Add some pep. Yeah. Bell pepper. Add some bell pep. Um, um, no, bell pepper's going to look ugly. Well, I mean, I think more onion. Yeah, but... Mm, what Are there, like, long onions? Oh, like a scallion? What a uh, bunch of uh, cocktail onions. I think that's going to look bad. It's going to be, like, a bunch of just stuff floating in. But what's, like, pearl necklace? No. A uh, string of cocktail onions? Yeah. Um, no, it's not gonna look good. Should there be uh, should there be another kick on this too? Because yeah, high life, we know we need more alcohol in this. Sure, it's, sure. I'm either gin or vodka. Gin is ritzier. Yeah. Okay. Let's yes. Let's add let's add some gin. Okay. Um, an ounce of gin. Two ounces. Oh, it's huge, right? Two ounces gin. Two ounces gin. Okay. And two ounces Everclear. Nope. <laughs> um. Uh. Two yeah. ounces gin. But what about like a like a spicy alcohol? 
well, this is a Bloody Mary. It's yeah. good, but yeah, I mean, Penthouse Daddy, gotta be spicy. Penthouse Daddy, so like a little... Uh, ghost Pep? Jalapeno. Uh, no, it doesn't fit. Oh. Um, Penthouse Daddy, what's a what's a refined spice? What about the Pac-Man uh, hot sauce? Uh, no, that's hard for people to get. Uh, what's something easy for people to get? Um, Cholula. A tire bottle, Cholula. Yeah, no, it's a, it's in the penthouse. What's a fancy spice? Uh, Cristal. That's not a spice. No, well, like, no, what's no, on the table? What hot sauce is on the table at a fancy restaurant? Cristal. Oh, Cristal hot sauce. Yeah. <gasps> Cristal hot sauce. Uh, that actually is gonna. It's an okay yeah. hot sauce. It's, it's nice. It's it's okay. It has a thin um, consistency. Good good punch. Half an ounce. I'd say oh, that's a lot. I'd say uh, three quarter ounce. Half an ounce. Two third ounce. Three quarters ounce. Good. <laughs> um, this is already sounding pretty good. I think we need more vegetables, so. Yeah, I oh, I could go with a celery in it. That is that is a penthousey thing. So no bell pep. No bell pep. Instead, we have a celery. Pep. Sure. Um, and like a like um. The pickled egg is gonna add some because it's thinly sliced pickled egg. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, I yeah. Um, <laughs> this is so good. I'm looking forward to this. <laughs> I bet you are. Uh, and then throw it all in a blender. <laughs> nah. Blend it up. Now nah, you stir it. Yeah, I know. Um, okay. Uh, um, should it be what about garlic salt? Uh, salt rim. Garlic salt rim. Garlic salt rim. I like that a lot, actually. That's not weird for the snifter, but oh. Uh, let's say question mark. To taste. To taste. <laughs> Garlic salt rim to taste. <laughs> the coward's <laughs> recipe. Um, okay, that sounds pretty good. That's great. Okay, let's review. We have the penthouse daddy. <laughs> what do we got? Um, one pickled egg sliced. One pickled egg sliced. 12 ounces, 12 ounces tomato juice. 12 ounces of Miller High Life. Yep. Two ounces gin. Three quarters ounce Miller hot sauce. No, Mel Mel Crystal, Crystal, hot, Crystal sauce. hot sauce. Uh, one 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 thing of celery. One sprig of celery. One, one baseball one, bat of celery. One sprig celery. One sprig. That's no, bigger than the sprig. Okay, it's one sprog. one sprog celery. One log. One, one log. log celery. There peanut butter. Yeah. And no chocolate butter. chips. Uh, pepper um, pepper to taste. Garlic salt rim to taste. There you go. Stir serve in a large stir and in a gigantic snifter. Stir, stir and serve in a gigantic snifter. There you go. That has been Drink of the Up. The Drink of the Up. All right. We are we are wrapping it up here. Just just getting to the final the final minutes. And um we've got one last treat for you all. Cocktail uh, contact? We actually have two last treats for you all. Cocktail contact? Uh, one, no. First, we're gonna we're gonna rate these five minutes for the segment we like to call come "Flare in the Air." There, but come in, come in. I'd like to That's a good one. So the sound we're hearing is the sound most bartenders know by heart, which is the sound of a Flare. bar flaring. Flaring. Yeah. Flares all over the place. Old timey bars like Pat's, you might just pour drinks. Now, bartenders got a flare. 
Got a flare. And this was hashtag like, got a flare. Hashtag got a flare. Okay. Uh, this is where we rank this five minutes uh, on a scale one to five. Rank it or rate it? We rate it and we rank it. Well, we view it like we were the veritable flares eye. The view. veritable Meredith Vieira. The veritable flares. The flares. Flares. The flareth me. Flareth Vieira of the flareth flareira. Flareth flareira. Uh yeah. Um okay. First of all, movie as a whole as a whole. Second of all, movie up until this point as a whole. Sure. Third of all, these five minutes. Sure. Okay. And we go. And a three. Movie as a whole as a whole. Yeah. Three. three. And a two. two. And, and a one. one. Four, Four stars. stars. Good. Okay. Locked on that. Okay. Movie up to this movie point. Movie up to this point. Okay. A three. A, a two. two. A one. A four, four and a half stars. stars. Four and a half. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's only going to get worse. Yeah. Um, It's, it's true. Uh, okay, uh, these five minutes. Ready? Yeah. A uh, three, three. A two. A, two, a one. A three two stars. and a half stars. I said three. Yeah, okay. It's, it's okay. Yeah. I yeah. enjoyed it. You know, it was nice. I mean, we got we got Richard Mooney with the nice screen presence. Yeah, Daddy. D- sorry, Daddy with the nice screen presence. And, um, you know, we got some scenes. So, that has been Flare in the Air. Get out. <laughs> very nice. Yeah. Very, very nice. Okay. Uh, if you want to contact us. If you want to contact us, here's how you do that. Wow, that's getting to be a mess. Um, well, who's falls I'll make that? it fast. I'm real busy. Here. Uh, yours. Nope. Okay. Um, I think you need to eliminate the background noise uh, next time before before recording that thing over next, itself next again. Next series, that's on you. You're going to be the high five. You're the CEO of high five. I am. I never do any editing. That's well, my that's, that's my commitment. That's my commitment to this show. My commitment to this show is I will never touch that bit's over if, will, if you're not willing to do it. I will never touch an audio hijack as long as I live. You did it for the pirate thing. I may have done it for several things. Um, okay. That's it. Um, we ended on time, which is exciting. Yeah. Um, She's not trying to and you don't there's not much more to say. There's not much more to say. Other than to tell you, uh, as we always As do, we always say. As we tip our hats. As we ride the horse into the sunset. I'll stick, stick with, with the brew. Cocktails, darling. some fruit cocktail then milk hot chocolate